Hey everyone, welcome to part two of the Ian Hates Music Anniversary Show. I left you on that crazy cliffhanger. Now it's time to get into what I was talking about before. Welcome to part two. And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian. And I'm Craig. Whoa. Hold on. <laughs> what? Craig, did we go back in time? We did. We did. It's 2015. Oh, no. Oh. 2016. <laughs> we went even when did we start this? Farther, farther back, I guess. Very nice, Too man. far back. I went, I went way too far back. It's still good. It's, it's still it's, good. It's been a while. It's been, been a while. while. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did that joke literally on the show probably like four times last night too. So oh, this is <laughs> perfect. It just worked out very, very well. So Craig, perfect. welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's good. Congratulations on a year of doing the show. Thank you very much, man. Much appreciated. Yeah. So why don't yeah. you fill everyone in kind of on what you've been doing? Oh, I've been, I don't know. I've just, you know, I've been doing my my own thing, random things. I don't know. I uh, still been listening to a lot of the music that, that we talk about and, and diving into that, um, trying to do kind of some of my own music stuff on the side, although working full time, mm-hmm. anybody that knows it's, it's hard to kind of do that stuff really. But one of my goals for 2017 is to really kind of buckle down and actually write some music of my own. Before you go on even further on that one. So I don't know if you ever told people when you were on the show before, what type of music you were trying to play, because obviously you have a wide range of music you enjoy. So what are you working on normally? Yeah, so anybody who's kind of listened to the show knows Ian has a strong detest for (laughs) uh, ambient kind of, um, uh, what are post-rock. Yes, there you go. (laughs) That's what I'm going for here, post-rock. But uh, honestly, I really really like the the post-rocky stuff, so stuff like Explosions in the Sky, Mm -hmm. Russian Circles, If These Trees Could Talk. Uh, to some extent, uh, bands that add vocals in, like Gates, tend to ah. do a lot of the post-rocky thing. Uh, even if you listen to Thrice, I think they end up in their newer stuff doing it a lot. They do. So kind of kind of that that style of music here. Um, and what I've actually become fascinated with recently is just adding some keys and strings and more synthesizer stuff. And I know oh. it's weird. Well, how are but- you adding the strings? Uh, so I bought a MIDI keyboard. I bought a MIDI keyboard, actually, and I've Ableton Live uh, loaded up. And nice. I can, uh, when my computer decides it wants to work, I can <laughs> get on here and mess around with different instruments, strings, pads, keys. I can do drums on there. Oh, cool. um, and then I will kind of do that sometimes on the, the computer here. I have a friend, a former coworker that we get together, and mm-hmm. he plays guitar as well. And we kind of write some stuff. And then I'll add guitar stuff to it as well. So trying to write some of that, I, I don't know, it just takes so much you know, I need to really devote a lot of time to it, and I'm really <laughs> an amateur at not only playing the music but navigating the software aspect of it. So dealing with Ableton and that stuff right. is tough. Yeah, it's a lot to learn, that's for sure. And now the coworker, the previous coworker that you're working with on this stuff, does he also add in some of that stuff, or is that kind of just what you're interested in? No, no, no. He so he plays guitar, but uh, he's kind of like me. He was brought up playing piano, and he's much more into music theory. So he oh. he forces me out of my box because I tend to play by ear a lot. Gotcha. So what I tend to do is I don't really 
think about what I'm playing because oftentimes they'll ask me, I'll be like, oh, what was that you just played? And I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea. Let me try and play it again. But right. he really thinks about like how he's structuring the song and how he's writing things and how we're transitioning from one part to another. But he's also can play keys and stuff. And um, I have the MIDI keyboard, but he's you know he knows how to play piano and stuff. So once we figure out kind of the sounds we want, either of us can add either component to it. No, that's awesome, man. So then what is your ultimate goal? Is it just kind of to get some tracks done and actually say that you were able to do it and continue on from there? Yeah, I think so. You know what? Honestly, yeah, just getting some stuff recorded. So we do have kind of a suite of, I guess, songs. It's mm -hmm. like five five pieces that kind of flow into one another. Nice. I'm over here. I know you can't see me. I'm talking with my <laughs> hands as if you can see me. True. Um, but so there's like a suite of like five songs that we're, we're trying to work on to kind of get them to flow into each other. And I think once we get that really nailed down and recorded, I don't know, we'll go we'll go from there. I, okay. I don't know. Part of me also just really likes the creative process of it, which right. is just kind of going through it and playing stuff and building on it and expanding on it. And, and that part is fun to me. I find the recording part of it actually like we haven't even gotten there yet. We're still kind of composing. And mm -hmm. I find the recording part way super tedious. Yeah, so I, I don't like that as much. <laughs> I can understand that for sure. I would I would equate it maybe a little bit to how sometimes I have to edit things like I have to go through the shows and kind of tinker with things that way and it becomes kind of a tedious job that's right yeah so for me like what's even fun even when i'm playing my guitar i have a loop pedal mm -hmm. and i'll play stuff and i'll start adding loops and, and build something out and then for me it's almost like fun to be like oh i really like that and i'll take a step back and kind of listen to the whole thing and then just erase the loop like there it is it, it, it existed for that moment and now it's gone right and maybe i'll be able to recreate it at some point in the future but that's not really important it's more about the fact that it I don't know, I created it, it sounded nice, and now it's gone. Like, it's not important to record it or save it for me. Oh, okay. I would like to play live at some point. I think, I think oh, like, getting something, getting something recorded and having a, you know, a set number of pieces that you can play and mm -hmm. being able to play live uh, would be cool. And it, it definitely has been a dream of mine for some time. But I don't oh. know whether that actually happens or not is not important. Well, sure. But it's, it's good to have... Outlet. Yeah, it's good to have the goals that you're looking for. I guess the question, too, is, so, I mean, you've stated on the show before, and we've talked about it, you're not that huge on going to a lot of live shows yourself, but that whole wanting to play live thing is still there in you right now. That's right, and I'm trying to change that, actually, this okay. year. So, uh, went to, well, I went to the show with you, where we saw Bless the Fall on A War Within, and Miss oh, yeah. May I. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, uh, my wife and I ended up going to see Beartooth and Fit for a King and Every Time I Die, right. uh, went to that show last year. And then I already have two shows lined up for this year. So I'm trying to change <laughs> going to actually more live music. Right. Um, uh, it's, you're lucky cause you're closer to the city. So That's it's easy true. for you to hop the train and just go in and see it, uh, living out here in the burbs. <laughs> it's more of a pain in the ass. But you're uh, closer to Worcester though, at least. That's true. I could go to Worcester, although like it, it just depends on when the show is. Yes. I know one of the shows we're going to uh, coming up is the Architect show, and that's on a Sunday, so that's like perfect because yeah. it's on a weekend. It's easy to get there, but if you try and go, they'll leave like super early to go in the middle of the week to see Beartooth no, very because true. it could be brutal to get out there. And I mean, you said Beartooth was amazing when you saw oh. them live, right? Yeah, that was the first time I've ever seen Bear. It's the first time I've ever seen any of those bands. And it's surprising because I've been listening to Every Time I Die mm -hmm. for probably almost as long as they've been around now. So, I don't know, 15, yeah. 15 20 <laughs> almost, years. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere around there. Yeah, it's something crazy. And that was the first time I've ever seen Every Time I Die live, too. Yeah. Uh, and I saw Old Wounds before they 
the vocalist left the band. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of crazy. Uh, that happened maybe a month after. Yeah, we talked about that just recently. He left to be a barber. Yeah, I mean, everybody. I guess everybody has different dreams. I don't know. I think sometimes you start out doing something, right? And you think like you go your whole life and you think, hey, this is what I want to do. You get on this certain path, and then I don't know. Maybe you get down in it, and you're like, oh, this really isn't what I want to do. Yeah. No, you're and absolutely ultimately, right. it's about just being happy. So yep. if that's what he wants to do and be happy, then eh, whatever. Yeah. I, they were phenomenal live. Yeah, I'm not even making fun of it. I was just, I've never seen someone leave a band before and say they were pursuing being a barber. Yeah, it, right. It's very different. You're right. Yeah, that's, that's more of it. Because like we've been talking, people have been leaving bands left and right this year. And it's only, you know, three weeks, two weeks into the year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, towards the end of last year, right in the beginning of this year, it's been it's been crazy. It is a little strange, yeah. that's, that's for sure. Well, I'll tell you, I just wanted to talk about something you had just brought up. Sure. So, Every Time I Die, their album Low Teens hasn't really been getting a whole lot of press for like top albums and all that kind of stuff. And I'm a little surprised about it because I think that might be their best. I agree with you. I think, you know, I, I like Every Time I Die, especially, uh, what was it, Gutter Phenomenon when that came oh. out in I think like 2004, 2006. It was sometime yeah. around there. Uh, and I thought that was kind of like really, really good. And then I felt like the couple albums that was two or three albums, I think, after that, that followed that before low teens mm. that I feel like they, they stagnated a little bit. They all kind of just start to sound the same. Sure. And I was kind of wondering what they're doing. But I agree with you. Low teens, I think, is is pretty, you know, as far as being I know one of the you sent me your list of questions. here. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of them was like most underrated album. And that's what I have written down. Oh, here, there you go. Die, low teens, because I think that is probably the underrated album of the year. I think. Oh, wow. for yeah. For every time I die to come. I don't know when the last time they released an album was, but uh. to kind of hit with that. And if you I, it might have been you and I talking about the story of how Keith Buckley wrote the album because he had some some issue with his wife. Yes. Yeah. And he wrote the album in like a night or two nights or all yeah. the lyrics at least. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really impressive. I mean, every time I die, I always kind of really lyrically creative. Oh yeah. When, <laughs> when they write, but the music is also just excellent. Yeah. I'm seeing them with knock loose, uh, in like oh, a month or so. That should be good because I, that, that's somebody I recently got into. Yeah. This no. year too. Cause I think they just released their, their LP. Yeah. That was, yeah. I want to say Two three months ago. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it was in the fall, yeah. October November, and they're awesome. There's yeah. somebody to keep an eye on for sure. No, absolutely, they did a great job. I was really really surprised by that album. Yeah, for again, we were just talking about old wounds, and to me, like Knocked Loose is another one of those bands that just has that in your face raw mm-hmm. sound where we're just going to hit you with it. And yeah, that album was really impressive. I, I like that album a lot. <laughs> I think my line when I reviewed it was. I was at work listening in the kind of almost cubicle, and it just made me want to bust out of it, just push the walls down and just right? freak out. Yeah, it's a great it's a great album, definitely. Yeah, it gets you pumped up in that way. Very true. Well, hey, since we did bring up you know an answer to a question that we were going to sure. get to, why don't we start off and go actually to that first question that I sent. What are some of the favorite albums of 2016 for you? Now, we didn't want to be, this is kind of a hacky question, but, yeah, sure. you know, everyone's been doing their top list, but I wouldn't rank it, though, because I think that's the part that I hate the most. So if you just have the top albums, I think that's all we need. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, I mean, I agree with you. It's really tough to rank these albums. I think I like I mean, I, I couldn't couldn't even tell you. 
Yeah. Even if I tried, I don't think I could do it. Right. <laughs> so obviously every time I die, low teens is on here. And mm -hmm. there's a couple on here that are maybe different than the stuff we typically listen to. That's great. I know we, we talked a while ago to Rarity. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just going back almost a year now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think their album, I Couldn't Be Weaker, mm -hmm. was you know one of my favorites of the, the past year. Agreed. We also talked to Sean of Mod uh, from Modern or Sean from Landscapes. Yeah. Excuse me. But uh, their new album, Modern Earth, and I thought that was they kind of really broke out from what they had done on previous albums. He mm -hmm. did a lot more singing. The album was a, a real interesting creative exploration for landscapes, different from what they've done. And a couple bands had done that this year. Capsize is another yes, one. Yes, Capsize definitely did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with that reintroduction, um, they wait, 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 Craig, you have to do the whole title, or it doesn't count. Oh god, I'd have, to, I'd have to look it up. I can't remember it either. I'd have to look it up to even know what it is. Yeah, no, uh, a, a reintroduction is fine. Yeah, yeah. So Capsize did that too. Same thing. They they broke into more because I really like the Ice in My Veins. Uh -huh. Awesome, awesome first release from Capsize. And when they dug into more of the singing, and it wasn't all kind of that same style. It was really, I was really impressed. Yeah, me too. Um, so I have. Every Time I Die, Rarity, Landscapes, uh, Beartooth, Aggressive. Now, I know this kind of got mixed reviews from people um, compared to the, the first release from mm -hmm. Bear, the first LP from Beartooth. Right. Uh, I don't know what you thought of it. I'm sure you did a review. Yeah, no, it's high on the list. It's definitely, I mean, if there was a ranking. No, I think Beartooth always knocks it out of the park now. It's almost like they've set the bar so high that now, <laughs> I think that's why you get mixed reviews now. Because people are expecting something completely different almost but they also sure. want the same and i think that's the tough part for bear tooth to ever do so hopefully caleb just continues to do whatever he wants because he's so good at doing that you know yeah that's that's true and i think so we talk about people wanting completely different but one in the same and artists kind of getting locked into a style and unfortunately um i think that's what happened to the amity affliction yeah. this year and, you I know thought, i, like, I talked about that recently too <laughs> i like that album but it's just like the same old Amity Affliction stuff. Yeah. And I want them to do something. I don't know. They, they have, they, they're so huge in Australia. Mm -hmm. They're getting huge in America. And it, it's really good for them. And again, this is by no means a knock on them or the album. Well, right, I think right. it's still a really good album. But I think they can do so much more. They gotta, I think they, they need to push themselves a little bit more to get out of that box. Well, if you think about uh, it this way, what was the standout track on that album? Oh, I'm really bad with this. Well, it was commercially, and what people kind of locked onto, it was all fucked up, right? Sure, sure. And that's the that's one. Right. Yeah, that one right there is so different from what they had done previously. So it's almost like they should take that as a sign that, look, we still want the same Amity Affliction, but you can go and kind of spread your wings a little bit more, you know, and go off and do something that people might not necessarily expect, but be in the same vein. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Because that was one that was a little bit more accessible to, to I guess, people who aren't as familiar with the Amity Affliction or that genre. And, and it mm -hmm. kind of opened people up uh, to that that kind of style of music and, and to the Amity Affliction without being so in your face with some of their heavier stuff. Sure. Mm -hmm. So um, who else did I have here? I think Architects, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Now, sure. I've been really getting into Architects over the, you know, over 2016. And definitely I, I listened to this. Uh, and dug back into the architect stuff last week. Oh, okay. Uh, just again, because it's just phenomenal. All of that stuff is really, really good. And then I had Bonavere, twenty-two a million on here. Actually. Oh, okay. I was actually wondering because I think I gave that a listen 
maybe the first time it came out, but nothing really grabbed me. So what was it about? Album? Yeah. So what was it about it that really got you? So I think what was interesting was so that was an album that was really hyped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. In 2016, everybody's like, "Oh, Bon is going to release a, a new album," and everybody talked about his his first LP and you know how can how can it meet that? I think he I don't know if he released something in between or not, but he got if you read anything about it, he got really into symbology and started to add like outside of just the the piano and guitar stuff that was probably the main instruments on the past album, a lot more synthesizer mm-hmm. on this album and really dug into it. And when I started reading about this and hearing clips from the album and everything before it came out, I thought, well, uh, what's his name? Justin Vernon. I thought he's either insane out of his mind <laughs> and doesn't know what he's doing. And this album is going to be a shit taster sure. or he's a genius. Right. And I don't know which it can only go one way or the other. This album isn't going to be just meh. It's going to yeah. be just horrible or it's going to be brilliant. Right. <laughs> and to me, it ended up on the brilliant side where I go. listened to it. I'm like, oh, he like really pushed himself creatively. And mm-hmm. he's I, I guess I was just impressed by the composition of all the pieces and just what I, I don't know. It brought my impression of him as a musician to a new level. Ah. Gotcha. Okay. Maybe that's what it was, just by how he blended all of these things. And again, it could have turned off it could have turned out really, really shitty. <laughs> right, right. But it didn't. He totally made it work. And I, I, I guess that's probably what I was most impressed with was how complex it was, but how he made it work. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So so those were kind of my my top albums, not ranked. So yeah, Architects, well, Every Time I Die, Bon Iver, Rarity, Landscapes, and Beartooth. Not a bad list at all. That's no. A, so what about a, you? I, I'm sure you went through this already, but I'm I'm curious to get your <laughs> take on it. It's weird. The way we're going to edit this episode, I can't tell you exactly what I'm going to do because I think I do that after this part's okay. going to be edited. But I can tell you there's obviously Pierce the Veil. Sure. Most of the people that were on the show this year. Yep. And really, it's not much else. Like, I love so much music that it was very hard for me to choose. I think I'd still be continuing the list right now. Because really, the thing I most focused on was what I didn't like because I like so many things. Like, I fell in love with music all over again this year, it seemed, because there was so much great stuff, you know? Yep. So it might sound like I'm pulling my punches a little bit, that I'm not choosing too much. But really, every single band that was on the show this year, I loved. And it's really, really hard to choose between them. No, no, I completely understand. I well, mean, I don't want yeah. to ruin any surprise. Oh, no, no, no. Any, no spoilers here. I don't think it's necessarily a surprise or anything. Believe me, I think people know most of the stuff that I love. But I'm just trying to think editing-wise of, am I giving away everything now? Because this is completely different than what we normally do on the show, you know? Sure, sure. Well, let's go on to the second question because I can obviously answer this one a little bit easier. But <laughs> what were your biggest disappointments music-wise in 2016? Sure. So I have two. And one is a disappointment as far as this, I think the saddest thing that I saw happen this year. Okay. And that was the death of Uh, the architect's guitarist, Tom Cero. Sure. Uh, I mean, poor guy, 28 years old, dies from cancer. It's just a horrible thing. And, you know, it's impressive to be able to see those guys continuing to just push on and, 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 you know, not letting, letting it slow them down or stop them. Right. You know, I'm sure it's really, really tough for them. And I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, in the spring. Oh, absolutely. That was probably my biggest, uh, saddest thing that happened music-wise this year. 
um, as far as musically, like an album or yeah. a band, mm-hmm. whatever. And I think this will probably come in as no surprise. <laughs> I think you know where I'm going. Most likely. Yeah. But Of Mice and Men, Cold yes. World. Uh, maybe. Oh, I the, love it. It's I, hilarious. I think I may have only listened to it twice. Mm-hmm. And it was a struggle both times to get through it. Yes. <laughs> it was a struggle. Um, it's funny. I started reading some of the reviews and people just all over the internet were shitting him, shitting on this album. Well, but it's a commercial success though too. Like the amount of people that loved it, I think still outweigh the people that despised it, you know? That's right. And I think maybe that's why I hate it so much is that (laughs) it is just so generic. Yes. Like what has become generic new metal Mm -hmm. rock, whatever now, like today that is, you know, radio worthy is kind of embodied in that album. And I hate it because I like the the first two yes. of Mice and Men albums. Uh, something, I forget what the first one is, and then there's The Flood. Yeah. Wasn't the first one self-titled? Messing might have that been up? self-titled. You might be right. Yeah, and then The Flood. Yeah, and I love The Flood, personally. And I then think that's Restoring Force, and then Cold World. Yeah, and they were on kind of a downward spiral as they got to Restoring Force. <laughs> Oh, that's so. that's right. They may have. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think that between the first two, I think they're they're pretty even. Sure. Uh, for me, I may like the first album a little bit better. Okay. Um, second one, and it's kind of just a downward trend from there. They kind of peaked when they came out of the, out of the gate there, and for me, it just got worse and worse and yeah. worse. No, and it's uh, really no surprise. I didn't think. I remember we had briefly talked about Cold World and how bad it was, but yeah, Jackson, he does not believe that I hate it as much as I do. But it's the it's the butt of every joke because to me it really is just a joke. Yeah, and it's it, again it's a shame because I hate to I don't want to use this as a platform to shit on any band yeah, or right. shit on any album. And I know what they're trying to do. They're evolving as a band. They're expanding. They're trying to get you know continue to build up their fan base and and they are getting huge. And to some extent, you have to appeal to that. But to some extent also for whatever reason, whether it's the direction they want to take it as a band or just the direction that they've gone as a band, whether they've been you know, forced into that as they've gotten bigger or whatever has happened. I don't want to, I'm not going to sit here and accuse them of anything, sure. but it's, yeah, it just is kind of just generic bullshit. I don't yeah, know. It, wasn't, no, it was right. not a good album. Right. Yeah. Look, uh, we stay away from on the show, putting down, like starting bands and bands that, you know, really need to make it. But when you talk about Of Mice and Men, we also, one of my big things that I tend to make fun on the show a lot is Amur. Like there are a few few bands that I think can handle a little criticism. You know what I mean? They don't care. That's right. And that's funny because I like Amur. I can't believe that. That is crazy. Again, I I think I like them just when I get in that mood and all I want to, it's like kind of early bury your dead stuff, cover your tracks, bury your dead. Mm -hmm. Or I I mean, any of even, there's a couple other bury your dead albums that are like this too. But just when I, when I just want to hear like some beat down, some (laughs) like just straight up breakdown. Um, Who else does it a lot too? They're, They're not nearly as bad, but Obey the Brave can be like kind of, beat downy like that too. yeah that's true it's just real heavy and like so when i get in that kind of mood yeah i definitely want to listen to that <laughs> right uh I, I don't know i i totally i can understand why there would be the you know not liking a band like Amir. it's just tough man it's really tough yeah I, I totally get it so that was your biggest disappointment then of mice and men that's right of mice and men can't can't do it can't do it <laughs> and that was mine too i mean i have that i'm most hated as well but disappointment-wise, <laughs> I have that. Also, I did put on my list for disappointment the Amity Affliction. Yeah. 
just like what we had talked about before. It's That's not right. it's not because it was a bad album. It's just because it's one of those albums that I felt kind of came and went. And I'm just very surprised about it. It wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't amazing either. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I didn't, as I look back through my list for the year, I didn't see anything that stuck out to me that was, you know, I was like, oh, this was, you know, I was really looking forward to this and it really let me down. Except for the of Mice and Men, I guess, because again, just because I like their first two albums, Restoring Force was kind of meh, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe they'll kind of totally kind of recover here a little bit. Yeah, I also uh, had issues on my list too. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know if that made my list for releases last year. I may have just even like totally ignored it. I don't think you're a big fan anyways, right? Uh, no, issues not so much. I if in that kind of genre I tend towards Palisades a little oh, bit more yeah. and I'm trying to think of who else is kind of in that. I mean, um, there are tons. What's up? There are tons. Yeah, yeah, there there are tons of bands, but yeah, Palisade to me they're kind of I, I don't. I must have started listening to the two of those bands at the same time. So for whatever reason, issues and Palisades are kind of similar uh, in my head. Gotcha. Okay. But I, yeah, I kind of trend towards Palisades more and, and other bands than issues. Uh, but I wasn't a huge fan of that album either. It didn't really stick with me. No, absolutely not. For the next two, this one, <laughs> these two might not work as well for you. But do you have answers for favorite live show and worst live band? I, I do. Okay. I do here. Um, so obviously, I, I mean, we only went. I only went to two shows last year. I went to one with you. Yep. And I went to one with my wife. Um, and I think the Bear Trees show, uh, out of all the ones, I've never seen a show that's flowed one just logistically. Right. They were in and out. I mean, the show started at like seven, and I think it ended by I don't know ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And they did four bands, and I've never seen oh. it just like within fifteen minutes they had the next band on every. I time. do like that. It was yeah they they had they had their shit together, um, and Beartooth was phenomenal. Uh, Every time I die was really good. Uh, Old wounds was excellent. Nice. I think of that and, and again just you know I don't go to a lot of a lot of uh, shows. Right. So it's hard for me. And again I don't want to want to shit on anyone here. I think the <laughs> uh, of that lineup, I think Fit for a King was a little disappointing. Gotcha. And again the only reason I say that is because. What it seemed like to me, and again, this may be completely false. I'm just assuming here. Right. But it seemed like they had two guitar tracks, and they were playing to a backing track. Gotcha. Uh, with in ears, which is which is fine. Like I totally get it if that's how you how you do it. Um, but it kind of takes away from me a little bit of the experience of seeing a band live if it's not all played live, like some of it's pre-recorded. I I completely agree with that. That's weird when you pick up a band that's doing that because yeah, yeah. it does. I mean, we actually, on the show, Jackson and I were talking about the Crown the Empire news. And I think this kind of goes a little bit into that as well. Because when you go to see a live show, you should be going to see the live show. Like, even if it's not perfect, that's what you're going to see. Otherwise, why don't you just stay home and listen to the album? Sure, sure. So it's nice to see real stuff going on. And that's kind of with the Crown the Empire thing, finding out that they don't write their own music. It makes them basically like a karaoke band. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, again, I don't mind. I, I think I draw the line for me between if you're going there and, you know, you're, you're a band and you have backing tracks that are obviously maybe their program parts or their their synth parts that you don't have a synth player in the right. band. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You, need, you need to have that. And you're playing on a click. That's mm-hmm. fine. Right. When it's a second guitar part and I can kind of pick that up, that's when I'm like. You guys could bring in a second guitarist or have yeah. a touring guitarist. And I mean, I guess from their perspective, 
right? It is their job. It is a business. That means they have to pay somebody to do yeah, that. That's when, like, I totally get it from the other perspective too. So I don't want to sit here and knock them if, you know, if, if you're a band and that's what you do, that's what you do. But it, again, it just, from a fan's perspective, it does take a little bit of something away. I can understand that for sure. So that so makes sense. That was, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of favorite live show, worst live band rolled into rolled yeah. into one answer there. No, that worked but out perfectly. I'm gonna try and do more. Maybe at the second anniversary show, I'll have a, a better answer for that because hopefully I'll have seen more live shows in 2017. Well, that's true. We didn't even mention we're going to see. I mean, I mentioned it on the show already a little while ago, but you're also going to the show, the Bring Me the Horizon one as well. That's right. I think I'm sitting a couple seats yeah. down from you. That's Maybe be next funny. to you. Who knows? I know, right? We yeah, bought the wife. tickets separately, and it's still like right there. I think we, we couldn't have bought them more than like five minutes apart, though, because you Most gave likely. me the, the pre-sale. Yep. <laughs> I got on and did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my wife really wanted to see Beartooth again. Yep. I've never seen, again, kind of like every time I die, I've never seen Under Oath live, which right. is crazy. Uh, and Bring Me the Horizon, I, again, they're one of those bands... That I know I've said for a long time, I think they're very underrated. The yeah, more wait, wait, I, you said overrated, you meant overrated. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Yeah. So I think I, you know, and I still kind of to some extent do think that Bring Me the Horizon can be a little bit overrated. Sure. However, as I dig more into, you know, watching live shows of them and digging back into Semp Eternal and that's the spirit mm-hmm. and um, there's a hell. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something there. So I, I've just had to dig into it a little bit more. It, this happens to me every now and then. There's things that, I, you know, just slip my radar. I have to really dig into it. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm coming around to, to the Bring Me the Horizon thing. Like, I, I'm starting to get it. Well, now, did you go ahead and listen to any of that charity album yet? Uh, so I've been watching as they've been releasing. Um, I don't know if it's them or who's putting. There, there's videos that have been coming up online from the right. DVD. Okay. Uh, and I've been watching it, and that that may have been what caused me to dive back into it sure. because I'm watching this with the full orchestra. I'm like, holy shit, this is phenomenal. Yes. Yes. There's something. There's some disconnect clearly that I missed when I went through this the first couple times here. That I should go back and and see the evolution of Bring Me the Horizon. And again, I don't even necessarily listen to their first album. Okay. Um, the the really heavier. Yeah, when they were like deathcore. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, which is when I started listening to Bring Me the Horizon years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't even think they they don't really even play any of those songs. No, I think they didn't play it obviously <laughs> in the the charity one with the orchestra. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, and I think it might be a staple when we see them, they might do Chelsea Grin. Okay. So when they do that track, that's normally a crowd pleaser too, even though a lot of people don't even know it. Sure. So I think that's their, you know, humble beginnings kind of thing. Well, that's good because I again, that's probably if I had to pick a song off of that out, of course, Chelsea Grant, I think is uh and I almost say Chelsea Smile every time, forgetting that that is another deathcore band. Well, to be honest, you might actually be right because Chelsea Grin is a, is a deathcore oh, band. It, it's it's one of it's it's one, one of the, the two. Other. Yeah. Actually, and that's I, a good call. It might be Chelsea Smile. <laughs> I always switch them up. Again, Grin, Smile, I don't know. <laughs> Chelsea Smile. You were right. I said Chelsea Grin thinking the Deathcore band, Chelsea Grin. And then you said Chelsea Smile thinking that that was the Deathcore band. <laughs> so that worked out perfectly. It's Chelsea Smile. Is the Deathcore band? No. Chelsea Smile is the name of the song from Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, got it. And Chelsea Grin is the Deathcore band. Exactly. There All we right, go. Okay. That was a tongue twister there. We're good. Yeah. That always confuses me. Um, 
So, yeah, but definitely looking forward to doing that. And then Architects is yes. with, I'm trying to think of who else. I'll look it up. Um, I, I thought about going to the Census Fail concert. Ah, uh, sure. Yep. Doing Still Searching. Yeah, so they're going to do Still Searching, and they're with Counterparts, and I love Counterparts. Yeah, Unfortunately, it was the day after the Bringing the Horizon show, and mm -hmm. I didn't think I could do two back-to-back because I'm an old fart. <laughs> um, Just so you know, so it's sure. Stray from the Path and Make Them Suffer okay. with Architects. Got it. And I've seen Straight from the Path before, and they're they're very good live. Yeah, I can imagine so. They're one, uh, actually, I've never seen live. And Make Them Suffer, I don't think I listen to. I'll have to dig into them. You might like them. Yeah, I'll dig into them before the show. Um, and the other show that I wanted to go see was, we talked about this uh, a little bit uh, outside of the show here, was the I Prevail Wage War. And yes. I think what held me back from that was I really wanted Wage War to be headlining that and not sure. I Prevail. I totally get it. I think I Prevail is definitely the bigger band with a yes. bigger following. They are. Uh, but I don't know. I want to see. I don't want to see 45 minutes of Wage War. I want to see an hour plus of Wage. I, they don't have that much material. I don't think. I think they no. Only <laughs> uh, I think they're probably going to play the whole album. I imagine. I'd imagine so too. I mean, look, they might only get 30 minutes actually. Maybe. Yeah. And that's kind of a shame, too, because, yeah, I want to see Wage War play for longer as well. But I have a feeling that I Prevail probably gets an hour, which means sure. maybe Wage War gets 35. Yeah. So that was that was one of the those were the other two shows I contemplated. But I'm going to wait and see kind yeah. of as the spring ramps up in the fall. Uh, maybe this year I'll do Warp Tour. I don't know. I know I talked about it last year. I think it's on a Wednesday. Yes, it's on a fucking sure. Wednesday. I'm so mad. Yeah. So, it's a it's a killer. So yeah, um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I got you. No, look like right now I have I think it's twenty five shows. Wow, so far, <laughs> so. that's crazy. No, I will not reach that level. If I can reach like five or ten, I think that would be a big year. That would still be good. All right, so let's we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to most underrated album, which I think you already mentioned, right? Yeah, Every Time I Die. We yeah, talked about that a, a little one. bit, but I think that was the, the most... Under it's funny you brought that up first, but I think it was. It wasn't. It didn't get a lot of traction, but I think it's probably their best album that they released in a while. And it, it may rival Gutter Phenomena as kind of the best Every Time I Die album. I can see that. By the way, what did you think of Mothership by Dance Gavin Dance? Uh, it was good. Okay. Um, I don't think there was anything in particular that stuck out to me. I like... Um, What's his name? Tillian yeah. Pearson. Yeah, I think uh, I always just call him <laughs> Tillian. <laughs> yeah, I like I like his vocals. I think he he fits really well mm -hmm. in in the band as far as somebody who can kind of fill that role that Johnny Craig had. Because right. again, Dance Gavin Dance is kind of they were really good with Johnny Craig. They had um, a different vocalist in there in between. They released that one album that was yeah. kind of bizarre. Right, I don't right. think that anybody really likes. I don't, I'm going to speak for everyone here. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Uh, That's what we do they, on the show. It's fine. Yeah, they released that one album in between that was bizarre, and then uh, Tillian came into the band, and they uh, maybe actually, yeah, they released I think two albums after that, with yeah. Mothership being the most recent. Um, and I, you know, I thought it was good. It was, it was good. It was your kind of typical Dance Gavin Dance album. Uh, they're mm -hmm. just super creative all the time. You, you kind of never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, kind of that true. artsy, artsy hardcore category. I call it where it's like. <laughs> It's just really interesting musically to listen to. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good album, but not my list of top albums. Okay. Well, what yeah. is your then overrated album of the year? 
So, yeah, I had two on here that I thought were the most overrated or maybe they were talked about or hyped a little bit. Sure. Uh, the first one was The Word Alive, Dark Matter. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, wasn't, yeah, this is funny. We probably have the similar ones, too. Yeah, that was that was on my list. We talked about that earlier, too. <laughs> and I'm sure the other one here that I have is on your list, too. You probably guess it. You're not going to say Pierce the Veil, though, are you? No. Okay. Pierce the Veil. Hmm. No. Interesting. I'm trying to think now. Another one that was kind of weird, like I, I, not that the, I guess the word alive was a little different, much more different than. I'm not exactly okay. sure. What do you got? I see stars. Oh, see, I had that under disappointments. Oh, <laughs> sure, overrated disappointments. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Yeah, that was just. What the hell are you doing? Right. Um, there were a couple songs on there that I thought were good, mm-hmm. and then for the most part, though, listening to the album, I was, I think, more confused than anything. Sure, yeah, I saw them live as well, and it just, no. They need a second singer. They need the unclean and clean. They need to separate that and just do what they were doing before. That's right. I mean, they started hyping this up in the, I don't know when, I think the album came out in the summer, Yep. but they started hyping it up in the winter mm-hmm. where they sent out the picture and they're like, look, there's only four of us in the band now. Right. We lost a member. We're going to do things. We recorded a new album, and they started like promoting, promoting, promoting. Right. And I listened to it, and I'm like, ugh. I'm not sure. I don't don't even know if it's needing a second singer or just what they did musically that was, you know, overrated or a disappointment. I was actually a little surprised because, you know, we did that whole episode or half of an episode dedicated to Icy Stars. And I remember that you liked more of the EDM-ish kind of like programming stuff. And they went back to that in this one. Because if you remember, I think Digital Renegade is their best album. Sure. And they took a big step away from that. That's right. I think what they did was they, they took a step away from that, but just in in a totally different direction than where they had they had gone before. Yeah, it was it was definitely more electronic. Yeah. But it was definitely more low key too. And I think my my thing with bands like like that where the vocalist has a higher register voice. Yeah. So like I see stars and uh, a Skylet Drive, they came up with my playlist oh, today. Sure. They're another one. I'm trying to think. Pierce the Veil to some extent too. He's got a, he's got a pretty high voice. No, he does, but I think he makes it work, especially in Misadventures. I mean, compared to a Sleeping with Sirens or something like that, I think he's got it where it doesn't kind of pass that threshold where people would consider it like whiny kind of thing. Sure. I At guess least the that's point me. I'm, yeah, I guess the point I'm making is when you go to kind of a softer style of music or mm-hmm. an acoustic style of music. Like, uh, so I don't think Pierce the Veil or Skylet Drive do acoustic well. Gotcha. Because I okay. think the like the nice part about both of those bands is the heaviness of the music counters the register of the yes. vocals. I can. Agree and when with you that. start to pull some of that out, and like an icy stars too, then I think you lose something there, which is that complement between sure. the heaviness of the music and the high, and the and maybe that's something that also turned me off a little bit. I think that's why like somebody like a Skylet Drive or a Pierce the, Pierce the Veil mm-hmm. works really well. Right. But yeah, so definitely most overrated or biggest disappointments, <laughs> e- either or. I mean, that's a good list. A yeah, good list yeah, it's funny that sure. we end up having kind of the same things, just oh, in yeah. maybe slightly different places. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when I was trying to think of these questions of what would be the best, even if we just shot the shit about 2016 and music, I think this stuff sure. would come up. You know what I, I mean? Think so too. Yeah, so this was just a way of kind of just spacing it out. But yeah, I think everyone has a different definition of what disappointment is to most hated to overrated all that kind of stuff and they're almost the same thing 
Sure. And it was good for me to kind of dig back into and think about it. Like, I don't necessarily organize it like this in my head. I kind of maybe have just like, I probably would have even forgotten about Dark Matter or Treehouse had I probably written it off. But yeah, because you haven't listened to them. Like you anymore. made me dredge it up. Now I'm gonna have nightmares <laughs> tonight. I'm gonna roll over my oh, cold world. Cold oh world. no, no, don't say that. That's <laughs> the worst. Well, here, let's make it it's a little a, bit better. It's just like a seashell necklace. Oh, That's all I'll see. <laughs> this is the way we'll make it better. What was your biggest surprise of 2016? All right, so I have three things listed here. Nice. Um, a couple we've already talked about, so we'll hit those first. Okay. Uh, one was uh, Capsize, how they've evolved mm-hmm. as a band, how they took kind of what they did on the Angst in My Veins, which was heavy and raw. They stuck with that heavy and raw style, added more singing, got much more creative with the guitar work, with the the instrumentals on the album. I thought that was a great album. Okay. Um, Thrice, same kind ah. of thing. I think they just demonstrate, as I dug back into Thrice, and if you watch kind of same thing, their evolution from... Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of st- in my head I start with Thrice with the artist in the ambulance because that's where I got into them. Oh, you but don't I, go back to the the one right before that one. No, I never really. No, I got into Thrice later than that, okay, and gotcha. just never ended up going back to that. And now it's I don't know. I just never ended up there. Sure. Um, so I know it's not the very beginning of Thrice, but if you listen from that point, or even to your point though, from the album before it was heavy, and then they kind of the, just watching the evolution from there through like the Alchemy Index. Mm-hmm. And then to what their uh, new album is, which I have to look up the name of it. Shit, I don't even remember. I just remember Black Honey. That's what I remember. So that song's really good. Uh, To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere is the Uh, album. Um, Of course it is. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. So just a great, great album. Um, Watched a couple live videos of them online. They're awesome live. They even play some of their older stuff, which is great. Um, So I've never seen, I would like to see them. I almost, they were in town last year with gates and i wanted to go to that show it was at the house of blues again that's Um, the tough part for me is i do try and steer clear from there when i can yeah that it's not necessarily a great venue it's also it's one of those ones same kind of thing it's just a pain in the ass to get to but uh i thought about going to see them and i wish i had now Uh, but just yeah that album was great and they just show that they continue to evolve they're excellent musicians they're excellent songwriters uh, they're excellent lyrically. I, like you mentioned that song, Black Honey. I mean, that song is not only musically excellent, but lyrically excellent. And that's right. coming from somebody who doesn't listen to the lyrics often. <laughs> that's right. But it, drew, it was able to draw me in. Right, right. Uh, and then maybe the biggest surprise, and maybe this shouldn't have come as a surprise at all, but uh, the new Say an album. So you saw the return of Anthony Green, mm-hmm. and it was seven years since yes. they released. <laughs> to be ironic. I, I don't know if it was supposed to be ironic or not. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, perhaps. But basically seven or eight years in between their last release with Anthony Green and the band. And right. it was like they hadn't missed a beat. They picked up right where they left off. And it is an excellent Sayasin album. It's just as good as their self-titled. You know what's surprising, man? I had completely forgotten about that album. Really? Yeah. Everyone I've been talking to and, and doing the show and talking to random bands and everything, no one has brought that up as a top album for 2016 literally no one has mentioned it wow yeah All i'm right. actually surprised i completely forgot until you brought that up about the sayasin album yeah huh. i completely forgot about it that's crazy that's funny did you like the sayasin album when you listened to it yeah i didn't think it was bad i just like i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't think it was bad or anything like that it's just 
I don't know. Maybe I have to go back and listen to it again. Maybe it hit me at a time where there were too many other things going on and it just didn't latch on. So maybe sure. I do have to go back and check it out. Sure. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't know if it was a spectacular album. I just thought it was good for the fact, I mean, for a band to kind of, they had a couple, I mean, I think the album in between or the, the I don't think there was just one album in between without Anthony Green. Oh no, I take that back. No, it was two. two. Yeah, there were two. There was the, the self-titled and then there was the, um, their new one wasn't self-titled, was it? No. I don't Picture. think so. No, it no. was uh, it, it's along the shadow. Yeah, there you go. Um, I forget what the other one. It has a clock on the front of it. I'm um, drawing a blank. It's been so long since I looked at. Look, yeah. I even forgot the new album. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was good. It just kind of misfired. Right. Uh, right. At least for me. And then to have Anthony Green back in the band, to you know, have them. I know everyone raved about Anthony Green when he was in Sayasin before. And there were a lot of people that wouldn't go along with them when Anthony Green left the band. Right. But I, I don't know. I think it, it works. It was, like I said, not, not necessarily a spectacular album, but definitely impressive for them to come back after so long. Right. Or for him to come back into the band after so long. To no. have it just be kind of hit. No, that makes total sense. And yeah, I'll, I'll fill you in because I've been changing my biggest surprise like every time that I've talked about this. All right. <laughs> what is it now? I think the biggest thing, especially to tell you about it, because I know we talked about it before, but just the whole fact that the whole bit of has from first to last contacted Ian Hates Music actually had a payoff. I think that's that's right. That is funny. <laughs> I think that was the biggest surprise, at least for me. That was the biggest yeah. thing. And then to have Matt Good on for like an hour and a half or whatever was crazy. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. That It kind of shows you, again, what the hard work and what you were able to accomplish over the last year. I appreciate uh, that, man. Has has really, you know, amounted to that you're able to get a band like from first to last, somebody that we all, you know, we grew up, grew at up least on, you yeah. and I grew up listening yeah. to. <laughs> and I think, uh, yeah, most of the people listening to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and hopefully he gave you your guitar lesson over no, I finished. I mentioned that I still have not received any of the Kickstarter stuff. <laughs> still, even after you talked to him, huh? Yep. I think it's hilarious. Look, it paid off in a different way. Like that was the whole point was to do that kind of stuff. So, look, I got him on the show, which is That's really right. all that matters. That's right. So now, I mean, now it's not a, they killed the bit. Yeah, but maybe that was the point. That was exactly. You have to have a payoff for a bit every once in a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta you gotta think of who else. Who do you want now? Oh man, there is has, someone. Has Ali Sykes contacted Ian? Yeah. <laughs> that one I haven't even bothered with. <laughs> there is no way he's coming on a show like this. I don't think he does any interviews whatsoever. I would never say never, but I true. that's true. I think they they're probably to me as a band bringing the horizon, I think for as big as they are, yeah, are pretty below the radar when it comes to kind of promoting the, promoting themselves at least. It's very true. Yeah, it's all about the clothing line and all that kind of stuff, but they don't they're not doing big interviews and AP and all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure they will, you know, if they have a new album coming out this year, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of a push and I will try my hardest to try and, you know, get Ollie on or someone on. But sure. yeah, I don't, I don't see that. I'm working on Spencer from Ice Nine Kills. Oh, excellent. That's a, that's a big one. But yeah, man, I have a whole list and I already have people booked for this year. Oh, good. So good. I just can't, I can't give that stuff away yet because you know how it is. Sometimes bands have to cancel. You know how it works. Sure. Well, here, we got to wrap this up because I think this episode is going to be like five hours long. So <laughs> let's <laughs> end. Right, let's wrap it up. Let's end with your most anticipated release for 2017. 
All right, so I don't have just just one. Here. Oh yeah, it's man. Kind of like ranking the album, it's hard to just pick one. Sure. So I'm curious. I know Old Wounds has, after just seeing them live, their vocalist left. They they have a, I think their drummer stepped in to be the vocalist. Yes. Yep. Um, so it'll be really interesting. I know they said they're working on new stuff. I imagine they're probably due to maybe release something in the second half of this year. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see kind of the direction of the band. I know uh, the vocalist before had kind of this really big personality and stage presence definitely sure. and i'm sure he brought some aspect to the band so it'll be interesting to see where they go uh with you know a different person fronting the band i agree uh julian baker who i really like she mm. signed with matador records yeah you told me about her yeah so definitely worth listening to she's extremely talented she just signed with a, a big indie label and has she released a song around christmas and i have to imagine it's been I think she released her LP in 2015, so she's probably due for a new album. Oh, sure. Um, we talked about a couple other bands on here. I, I was going to mention Knocked Loose yep. as well, kind of in the Old Wounds thing, uh, under Most Anticipated, because it'll be interesting to see, maybe not in 2017, yeah, 2018, what they do, probably. but tw- probably 2018. Yeah. But it, somebody to keep your eye on. Absolutely. Um, Tiger Wine. I, yes. The only reason I say that is because they just sent me an email because <laughs> I contacted them a while ago and yep. I passed it on to you. Yes. Um, that's a so, that's a sh- that's a secret for right now. <laughs> oh, all right. But Tiger Wine, definitely looking forward. I had um, forgotten because I think their EP came out in 2015. Yes, it did. Um, but so it's been a while. But they're been a while. Due, yeah, <laughs> they're due to release. And then the show we're going to Wage War mm-hmm. definitely are due for an album this year, and I think it's slated for spring summer. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, to to come out, I, I think they're in the works for record. I have to imagine they're doing new stuff. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see if you're going to the I Prevail show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be curious to hear from you if they play any new music. Oh, yeah, I'll be definitely listening for that. Because I have to imagine that they have something cooking. That album, Blueprints, was such a success for them, especially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a solid album from cover to cover. I think it was one of my favorite albums in 2015. Nice. Nice, um, yeah. So they're definitely due this year because I don't. Yeah, it wasn't released last year. Yeah, that was 2015. Yeah, I'm almost positive it's 2015. So those are kind of my most anticipated coming up. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. What about you? So I've got. I mean, there's a ton for sure, but the two that stand out right now because I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Palisades for sure. Okay. Uh, oh, that's right. That's coming out soon. That's soon. Actually, there are a few this this month. Uh, Vesta Collide. I think okay. is a great up and coming band. So they've got an album coming out this month that I'm really looking forward to. Also, the Bunny the Bear. <laughs> they oh just, yeah, I know you like the Bunny the Bear. Yep, they just announced that they signed with that offshoot of Warner Brothers new label and everything. So they're coming out with a new album in March, and they have the original Bear with them. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. And then also Motionless and White. I think that's sure. one of the biggest ones. Sure, and I know you're a big Motionless and White fan. I just can't get. Uh, again, it's. I know it's a. I know it's a show they're doing. Kind of, he, Chris Motionless is doing the the Marilyn Manson thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I get it. I just, you know, I never got into Motionless and White, and I feel like now it's too late. The the teenage girl inside of me died. I'm sorry. No offense. I'm not. Trying oh to no, I don't. You know, I don't care about that. Stuff. That wasn't a blow at you. It was just no. like I feel like no, I can't do it. You're gonna go back to getting hate mail now, man. I'm sure. Send it to what's it, Ian Hate at gmail.com. There you go. You still got uh, the plugs down, man. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. No, man, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if Bring Me the Horizon has an album coming out, which I don't think they have announced or anything, so I wouldn't hold my breath on that. But Escape the Fate, 
probably has a new album. Dead Rabbits are coming out with a new album. There's a bunch of stuff on the horizon. Sure. You're a Dead Rabbits fan, huh? So I should say The Dead Rabbits. Oh. Because I actually do like Dead Rabbits as well, but their new album just came out, I think it was last two months ago, last month, somewhere around there maybe. Yeah, that's the like more indie band, or am I thinking of something? Yeah, they're like funk, indie, rock, and they're from Boston. They're from Boston, okay. Yeah, yeah, I meant The Dead Rabbits with Craig Mabbitt. Oh, got it, yes, yeah. different band. Yes, <laughs> slightly different. Different band. So, Craig... I have to go to my next surprise guest now. So I wanted to thank you very much for coming back on the show. This was really great. And I wanted to ask you, for old time's sake, do you have any final oh, words for everybody? Goodness, no. <laughs> it's, it's been a year and still nothing. If ever, anyone's wondering, this is why I left the show. I just couldn't deliver that <laughs> final. And I couldn't live with the shame of being on the show each week and not having any final words. So... <laughs> What Craig isn't telling you guys is I used to pester him nonstop. I was like, do you have it? Like, even before the show, I would just ask Craig on a regular basis, do you have your final words ready? Are the final words ready? It just never the worked out. The shame just became too much. I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, no final words. But, you know, thank you for having me back on. Uh, it's been awesome to do this again. Uh, awesome, And man. congratulations on a year and all the success and best of luck in 2017 with uh, all of your surprise guests <laughs> coming up. Thank you very much, man. That means yeah, a lot. Sure I thing. appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right, buddy. Well, hey, I will talk to you soon, all right? Sounds good. All right. See you later, man. See ya. And welcome, guys. Another super big surprise. Welcome back to the show, Ty. How are you doing, man? Hey, the enemy is back. I love it. <laughs> is that your new nickname now, the enemy? Yeah, pretty much. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's great. So tell me, Ty, how has your 2016 into 2017 been so far, music-wise? Uh, it's going fairly well, music-wise. A lot of good stuff, some of bad stuff that I'm just tuning out. Good stuff. I'm keeping the eye out and keeping ears open, open yep. mind, stuff like that, and going into 2017 with the exact same goal. There you go. That's probably the right way to do it, man. Exactly. Very nice. Well, let me ask you this. Because we have so many different dynamics with people's greatest bands and all this kind of stuff, what were your top albums of 2016? Well, I choose five out of the top ten that I've done in my blog. There you which, go. By the way, you can check out. Yes. Give me the plug now, and then we'll do it at the end, too. TyRockCity.wordpress.com. The top 10 favorites of 2016. Basically, a year in review was all up there, ready for you. Very nice. Now, did you rank them or not? I ranked them, yes. Oh, man. You ranked them. Okay, let's see what you got. Yeah, I'll probably do the first five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the first one, After the Burial, Dig Deep. All right. Number two, Norma Jean, Polar Similar. There you go. Sayosin. Along the Shadow. So hold on one second. That is really interesting because I just talked to Craig and he had Seosin on his list. But I brought up to him specifically, I have not heard any band or any list of best albums of 2016. No one has brought up that album and I had completely forgotten about it. That's disappointing, man. <laughs> but let me, let me ask you this though. Because you're such a big fan of a lot of the older bands, you don't normally yeah. like it when those bands do new albums. But for the Seosin one, you really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, we'll get to the least favorite one somewhere well, sure. down the line. But <laughs> sure yeah, but Sayosin, yeah, but what I've discussed before on the blog is Sayosin, even though people have said that they should like not do any more music and just like um, stop doing music in there because it's not the same, mm-hmm. but it's 2016 as opposed to 2003 when Translating the Name dropped, sure. the first one with Anthony Green, and they haven't lost a step because... From what Seosin's put out on Alana Shadow, they still have it in them. Okay. Even though they're like in like their late thirties, mid thirties, somewhere around there, they still have it. Maybe I have to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Uh, next is thrice to be everywhere is to be nowhere. Sure. And then fifth one is Fire from the Gods with Nara. All right. So that one I'm surprised about too. So I kind of never went back to that one again. Like I liked it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't on my top list. Yeah, I understand that because I think you're more of like a, let's what we call it, a backwards fan, right? Yes, I am more, but I'm not going by the beef that they have. Together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, forget the beef. Forget right, the right. Beef, <laughs> Very nice. But I'm glad to hear that, though, too, because I remember mm-hmm. enjoying the album. It yeah. just did not leave a whole lasting impression, I guess. Yeah, it just didn't resonate with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I from because of that, I got the whole, like, Seven Dust feel because I'm a, mm-hmm. yep. I used to be listen to a lot of Seven Dust back in the day. Oh, absolutely! And Fire from the Fire from the Gods in some parts of the album really like brought a lot of like the Seven Dust energy. I think we discussed that yeah. on one episode. We definitely did. So yeah, yeah. So that's why I like, and not the fact that AJ is from the Bronx, which I'm from. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. So they had a pretty good year, and yeah, they did. Uh, and after the Barrier had an amazing year too, because every single time they played the Sumerian 10th anniversary mm-hmm. tour, like I think this five of them that they did this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every single time after the Burial played, the whole venue would just pack up, just pack and the fuck out all no, the time, no and, matter what. <laughs> yeah, and after they get, after they finish get off stage, the whole, half the venue leaves. So that left no one for asking Alexandria. Um, they probably stayed for asking Alexandria that last one that they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> for the early ones though. Well, what else yes. you got on your list? Uh, Devil Wars Prada, Transit Blues. There you go. Jackson had that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if I can remember some other ones. Uh, yeah, I think those are just few of the ten. Just That's very, fine. very few of the ten. Yeah, people can go ahead and check out the blog and check out the rest of them. Yep, let's read that. Now, what were All your right. biggest disappointments then? Well, I'm not going to mention Cold World because we've been through that so many times already. Oh, we already know me. how we feel about it. Yep. We feel about the album. But the biggest disappointment for me was, uh, well, surprisingly, it's Let Live. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, the reason why I put that mm-hmm. is because this is the same Let Live that released Fake History back in 2010 or 11, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the Let Live soul punk vibe is still there but it felt like it was something missing because before the album was recorded and released one of the members left the band gotcha and they had a couple like one or two good songs here and there but overall the album was didn't really live up to its expectations okay and also is because the the very poor choice for the first track of the album i learned to love myself that could have easily been like the second to last track or the final track of the album all right, I can see what you mean by that. But you were a Let Live fan from a while back, though, too, right? So yeah. that's why this is more disappointing than it is yeah. anything else. Yeah, because when I got introduced to Fake History, I was addicted to Let Live. And yeah. then followed through with Black is Beautiful as well. Then, of course, listened to If I Were the Devil 
I was like, eh. Gotcha. Now, have you seen them live since the new album? Um, I've seen them once before the new album. Okay. They're pretty great live, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them a few times, but I have not seen them since the new album, so it would be interesting because that new album also is a lot softer than their yeah. old stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, I like the direction that they went in with that, but mm-hmm. it could have been a lot more. You got anything else for that one? Um, no, that's just the one I could think of because pretty much every single album that's come out, like, um, I could add uh, Trophy Eyes to uh, Boston Manor. Those were all good ones. Yeah. But I think I... the Yellow Card was another disappointment, too, because... Sure. Yeah, didn't live up. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan either. We didn't even talk about it on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we just passed up on that one. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, now here's a tougher question probably for you. You mm-hmm. go to a lot of shows. Myself, mm-hmm. Jackson, we all go to a lot of shows. What, yeah. though, is your favorite live show of 2016? Hands down, the first Sumerian 10-year anniversary tour that took place in February or March at Gramercy Theater in downtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. That was the best show that I could clearly see and remember because that was like the first show that I wrote on the blog, if I remember correctly. And that was the one I completely raved about on yeah. the blog because of how After the Burial did with the live performance and then seeing Bat Omens for the first time live because sure. they were like the beginning band. Then Era with their new vocalist, oh, JT, yeah. from Texas in July. They did good too, but after the burial, really fucking stole the show. Sure, they had the huge banner in the middle of the audience that had "Rest in Peace, Justin Lowe." Pretty much the stands and the floor were just all completely packed. Everybody was the crowd participation was outstanding, and they they haven't missed a step since Justin Lowe tragically passed away. Right, and their new album was good too. Gotcha. And then Vale Maya came up too. They sounded good live. The mm-hmm. vocalist who mixes a lot of the singing and the screaming and everybody sang along to the top of their lungs when <laughs> Mikasa was played. Sure. And then, but the kind of like the disappointing kind of set was Born of Osiris and they were the headliners. Yeah, they were. That's right. Yeah, because I couldn't even tell what song they were playing, but I could Ooh. tell when they follow, they played Follow the Signs okay. for the last song of the night. And gotcha. pretty much almost after the venue was completely empty for them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That was a tour, unfortunately, I had to miss, but that sounds like a good one. Yeah, it definitely was a good one. Now, what about your worst live band? There's a tie between two local bands from New York City. Okay. Uh, Zume is one, and then Jinx is another one. Interesting. Zume has been getting a lot of push lately. Yeah, a lot of push because the vocalist looks too much like Helen Quinn. That's why everybody <laughs> keeps flocking to them. Gotcha. <laughs> and I've seen them just recently because... Uh, as much as I've eased off of Zume, because this show I went to was a local showcase in Gramercy. It was a completely sold-out show. Just them headlining and a whole bunch of local bands, gotcha. including In Love and Memory. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, I kind of respect them for that, that they uh, sold out a show, even though they bought out the tickets and they just gave it to everybody for free. For oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this then. So what was it that made those bands the worst? Yeah, um, Zume's, in Zume's case, uh, when I first saw them, when they opened for The World Alive and Fit for a King and Out Came the Wolves on the Dark Matter tour, ah, sure. the, they had the backing tracks, but the drummer was so completely off. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not even funny. Gotcha. And they came out to the Undertaker theme song. <laughs> that, was, that was a cringe moment. Like, why uh, did you do that? Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> Yeah, and but live they don't really sound that good live as they do on recording for right. whatever reason. 
Okay. They had, they had all the money to film that aerial shot view of the video that they did with Black Wolf imaging. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I remember what the song was called, but yeah, you got to step up your game. Man. All right. Want me to say the wor- another worst live band? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, Jinx. I've, as much as I've given Jinx a lot of shit over the years, I still got to give him shit <laughs> because uh, the guitarist, uh, clean vocalist Jerry DeLorenzo, still sounds really, really goddamn bad. We'll say allegedly. <laughs> yeah, we still have that sound bite, right? That's right. I we don't have a button that says allegedly yet, but I'm yeah. going to get one. Believe me, it's gonna happen. Yeah, I was hoping you would have it ready. <laughs> well, I've been I've been fucking with Jackson so much that most of the soundboard is all fronds. Mm-hmm. So that's I just haven't oh, had time to do it. Speaking of which, yeah, go ahead. I, I I actually heard the Watch Out song for the very first time during that local showcase show. Yeah, yeah. during the intermission, I actually heard him like, "Yep, that's Jackson's." Song. That's Jackson's. <laughs> But yeah, allegedly, great. yeah. Uh, Jerry DeLorenzo's vocals, just every time he sings the cleans, mm-hmm. his voice just constantly, constantly cracks. Oh. And as, as much hype as they get, yep. they still don't live up to the uh, the recordings that they had done with uh, Andrew Bayless from Life on Repeat down in Maryland or oh. Virginia, wherever they went. To. He's great. Yeah, great producer. He made them sound great, even though I thought the drums on that album were completely programmed oh, because okay. the drummer can't replicate that live. But yeah. The, every video I see of them on YouTube, and I've seen them live when they opened for Aiden on their farewell tour, they mm-hmm. still sound just as bad. Oh, okay. That's that's too bad to hear. Yeah. I gotcha. But yeah, hey. I don't know that much Jinx myself. Mm. I think you saw them at Warped Tour, you said, right? No. No, no. I never saw Jinx. Mm. I thought you did. Now I'm going to have to look up and check out their music because I've never heard, <laughs> never heard them before. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'll see them somewhere. It's the, the same spelling as the Pokemon name. All right. Makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Well, now, what do you have for most underrated album? Yeah, Trade Wind, You Make Everything Disappear. Oh, okay. Yeah, because as much as they sound, uh, it's it's pretty much a mix of members of Stick to Your Guns, Straight from the Path, and uh, Structures. Mm-hmm. They do a completely different style of music that nobody expects them to write. Dude, they do. And how many offshoots of Straight from the Path are there? I think there's two. There's uh, Trade Wind and After Party. That's it? And for some reason, I thought there was like another one. <laughs> Uh, but I think the basis does uh, a horror film company that he does horror films. Oh, okay. Well, that's not a band, but it's a movie. No, company, it's, so well, like, it's taking a lot of time, too. And then straight from the path, they're going out with Architects. Yeah, and Make Them Suffer, which I'm hoping to go see. Where are they playing in New York? Uh, Gramercy. Oh, there you go. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I don't think the, the album didn't really get a lot of, like, as much praise as it did because everybody is so... Um, hardcore purists and <laughs> want everybody to stick to the hardcore styles because uh, Stick to Your Guns EP came out this year which was good yep. and a couple of songs like Talking Tragedy from Straight From The Path and The House Always Wins they still do that same style but of course uh, they're not going to like the, the softer stuff that they've been doing and Jesse Barnett has a really good uh, voice that people don't really give a lot of credit for I totally agree. Now that's a good choice for underrated. Do you have any more? Um, underrated uh, trophy eyes. Yeah. Uh, chemical miracle. I think it was. Yeah, it was chemical so, yeah, something. But yes. Yeah, chemical. <laughs> yeah, that's a definitely uh, that album definitely surprised me because I never heard a pop punk band with so much rough vocals and ah, sure. blast beats, which yeah. I've discussed before. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, I'm a fan too. Yeah, I think those are it. Well, yeah. now here's a fun one. What's uh-huh. the most overrated band? <laughs> Hands down, Event Sevenfold the stage. <laughs> you really, really hate Event Sevenfold now. Yeah, without rep, 
with the providing the backbone, yeah, they've just completely gone somewhere else. Did you actually make it through the entire album? Yes, I did. Wow. That's impressive, yeah. right? I mean, I still mm-hmm. have not gone back to listen to it. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the one album that I definitely agreed with you guys on that I wouldn't go back and listen to that one either because it's not like doesn't pull me in. Even though they did that whole Capitol Records on top of the building concert thing yeah. on, on online. That, right. that I give them credit for. That was dope. I think they do a good job live. Yeah. I mean, they just did a, a opening show in Ireland where they had like the whole Cirque du Soleil kind of like, yeah, back to what I was saying. I wonder how much money Event Sevenfold spent to get the whole big theater, theatrical kind of like video production thing for their European tour. Well, I wonder if they're even paying for any of it. Like if the label's paying for it, maybe they don't even have to worry. Probably did because yeah. they're still going through that lawsuit with Warner Brothers and no, absolutely. I don't know what's going to happen with that one. I'm sure we'll talk mm-hmm. about it on the show, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Any other overrated albums? Two. It's uh, A Day to Remember, Bad Vibrations. Oh, okay. And Memphis May Fire, The Light I Hold. Gotcha. Now, I remember what you said on the show about Bad Vibrations, but what mm-hmm. about the Memphis May Fire album? Yeah, it's. Um, I think I tweeted it a couple of times. I'm like, I wonder how much... How many? How much uh, longer until Matty Mullins gets tired of hearing himself sound the same throughout the past couple albums? <laughs> he does so. like to sing about himself. That is true. Yeah, it's like, come on, <laughs> come on. I understand. I understand. Now, have you seen them live recently at all? Mm-mm. No, <laughs> me neither. Yeah. I just want to talk to someone who's been able to see them because I think even Jackson didn't stay for them last time, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. Yeah. I have to wait and see then. All right. What do you got for biggest surprise? Uh, let's see. Yeah, that question I kind of had the most trouble with because I don't think anything really surprised me because I'm all up to date on certain things. But I think to me, the biggest surprise for me would be actually meeting Kevin Lyman at Warp Tour for the first time. Oh, right. Yeah, that was a great story. That was your first episode, right? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Our Warp Tour special. Yeah. Wait, but yeah. okay. So I guess the way I also thought about this, because if you had said, hey, Ian, what do you think I thought the biggest surprise would be i think you would say boston manor for yourself oh yeah yeah because it seemed like one, yeah that one really got you i thought yeah because i was like yeah it's probably uh another band that ian really loves so much <laughs> that i'm probably gonna hate that i listened to uh lead feet i think it was and he was like oh yeah that that band is actually pretty dope yeah so I'm like thank you ian <laughs> no worries hey you know what's great about the show is just opening people up to different music like just like you said I'm going to be checking out some stuff. I have to go back and listen to Sayasin again and see yeah. what the deal is with that new album because I really just, it got lost in the shuffle or something. Can't, Sayasin can't get lost in the shuffle, man. <laughs> well, I will go, believe me, I will go back. All right. Yeah. Now, here's a question because I know you've got this covered. Mm-hmm. What's your most anticipated release of 2017? First spot, uh, top five releases for me. There you go. Uh, Darkest Hour, Godless Prophets, and the Fibrin Miura, I think it is. Yeah, it's like Flora something. Yeah, <laughs> at the end. Uh, yeah. Flora. Yeah, yeah, there you go. One. Yep. Yeah, because I was one of the people that pledged to the Indiegogo, whatever it was, to raise the money for the album. And oh. it's being recorded with uh, Jacob from Converge, I think it is. And nice. That one I'm definitely looking forward to because the singles that they released so far were actually really, really good and keeps me like focused on anticipating the album's release. We just talked about the second single. Uh, timeless something. I was just yeah. I'm blanking because literally, man, this show is going to be like almost five hours long. <laughs> so yeah. I'm try- I'm blanking on some of the stuff, but I really like that second single a lot. Yeah, me too. 
another one is Code Orange for Forever. Sure. It's coming out this week, right? Yep. Now, let me ask you this, though, because Jackson had not an affinity for the new track, the one with mm-hmm. Reba Moore. Is that yeah. something you like, or do you not like that kind of direction? Because I'm not saying the whole album is going to be like that, but mm-hmm. do you like it when they switch it up like that? Yeah, because at first, when I first heard like the opening notes after like the little like um, like a uh, atmospheric intro, and mm-hmm. then it goes into the track, I felt like I was listening to Oceana or um, Decoder. Oh, sure, okay. Without and, the unclean vocals. Yeah, without the unclean. But there were some unclean vocals at the end because yeah, of yeah. the guitars. Right. But yeah, I thought the track was actually really good, and I've been listening to that single and a couple of other singles a lot lately, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they said before that they were going to try some different styles, but still keeping it code orange all right. the way through. Yeah, I thought so, it yeah. sounded a little bit like Adventurers, but more dark, yeah. like a darker Adventurers. Yeah, and I like Adventurers too. So. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too, absolutely. And also, uh, While She Sleeps, You Are We. I'm ah, looking forward to that one because sure. of Hurricane. Yeah, uh, that was a good track. Hun- yep. Uh, another one is Hundred Sons, which is uh, Corey from Norma Jean's side band with Chris Lemasters from Dead and Divine and uh, Ryan Legs Lager, who used to be in Every Time I Die. Ah, there you go. Okay. Very nice. When's uh, that album coming out? Uh, it's coming out February okay. or March, I think. Okay. Uh, Misery Signals I'm, Signals, I'm definitely looking forward to because it's the original lineup. Right. And Motionless and White Graveyard yeah. Shift. I have that high on my list. Yep. Yep. Even though Josh just left the band recently. Right. Yeah, it's weird. I remember seeing him at VFW halls, you know, mm-hmm. like when they were playing that first EP, the horror and everything. Like, yeah, it's crazy to think that he's just done. Yeah, but his uh, his business is taking off, so you can understand why he would do it. Right. Yeah, it seemed like he wanted to leave for a while too. Mm-hmm. So you know, there doesn't seem to be bad blood. It's just, hey, it's time for him to move on to something different. You know. Yeah. Exactly. I know you listen to the show from time to time, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask. Is there anything that we've been talking about that you completely disagree with on any type of topic or anything that we've done recently? Like, what do you think of the... Now, you haven't heard this one yet because it's coming out this week, but mm-hmm. what do you think of the Crown the Empire news? Let's see here. So, Dave Escamilla, clean screen vocalist slash rhythm guitarist every now and then, leaves the band due to... Uh, Let's see, a uh, direction that they went in that he didn't agree with. And then there's this incident that's unknown. Yeah, do you you don't know that incident, right? Yeah. It's, I've looked just, all over. I can't find it. Yeah, he makes it sound like it's an uh, incident, but he doesn't go further into it. I'm but assuming, yeah. I'm assuming, yes. and this is a, alleged, obviously, but I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Is it something yeah. drug and alcohol related where he did something really yeah, dumb? Yeah, because he mentioned something along the lines of like, there's like, uh, he abused kind of like drugs and he had to get his life together and right. something of some sort. But yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting story because the, after they released a statement of him leaving, they posted an Instagram photo of them all like happy and stuff on the flight out to, I think it's Asia or Europe or something like that. And then he posted pictures of him in the recording studio. Right, right. So I guess he's working on something, but... And to hear that Crown of the Empire doesn't really write a lot of their right. own music because yeah. of their alleged ghostwriter. <laughs> That's a big thing. How do you feel about that? Because Jackson and I really went off on that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as I liked um, The Resistance, Rise of the Runaways, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, even though it's good, but just to hear that they have a ghostwriter is like, 
Yeah, I guess I could probably see why I'm not really gravitating much towards Crown the Empire anymore. Right. Because it's like you listen to it a couple of times and then when you want to listen to something and you see Crown the Empire, you don't want to listen to it again. Right, right. I got you. <laughs> so it's like nothing's really sticking with you. And of course, it's uh, I think that's like the alleged thing going on with Rise Records that they have to play the music that somebody has to write for them. Otherwise, they're in breach of contract. Really? Or, I did Something not know like that. that yeah. Wow, that's I'm gonna say alleged for that one as well because I've never heard that, so I'm gonna have to look into that. That's interesting. Yeah, bec yeah, because if you listen to like because uh, one story I did um, is the Landon Tours plotting you story with Rise Records. Yeah, yeah. At the very very end of the last song on Happiness and Self Destruction, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. And he um, there's a very very like low, very very low sounding like um, spoken word thing that he takes a shot at Rise Records and Craig ah. Erickson. Interesting. And okay. I, and I took the audio file, then I took it, I put it in Final Cut Pro, then I spliced the song just to leave the outro part, then I raised the volume up sure. so, I, so you can hear it. Yeah. And he's basically saying that thing comes down to money and power for Craig Erickson, and that he could buy a couple of rounds for his friends at the bar. And something at the very end, he talks about this is a message to all bands out there who are looking to live their dream. Uh, think before you sell your soul when you sign the contract to rise. Uh, and I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say, and you can't stop me from doing what I want to do. Right. Gotcha. So that's why they signed to Stay Sick Recordings and just continue putting out the music that they did. Makes sense. Absolutely. That works for me then. So anything else you want to go over about 2016 in music or anything about 2017 in music as well? Rest in peace, George Michael, Prince, Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds, Gary Marshall, Gary Shandling. Holy and, crap, that's a lot of people. And Clinton and Trump are a bunch of jokes. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Congratulations to the Chicago Cubs for winning the World Series in however many something years. Uh, bringing back more passionate music. There you even go. Even though we had a couple of passionate albums. Oh, But yeah. keep that passion going for 2017. Agreed. With a lot of the bands that I just mentioned, they're keeping the passion going. Stop following stupid trends. Cut the bullshit. <laughs> I like it. That's good. <laughs> All right, let's well, have a good 2017, people. Keep up. There we go. I like that. All right, Ty. Well, let's finish off the way we used to finish. So, All right. Ty, do you have anything to plug? Yes. Uh, of course, I've mentioned before, my blog is up. A lot of the stuff you can read up on, get my take on it, criticize me, love <laughs> me, follow me on, oh, yeah, uh, tyrockcity.wordpress.com. Check out my uh, Instagram. It's at Ty underscore Rock City. Uh, leave a comment. DM me. I'll try to answer some listener questions or whatever questions you may have. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Um, hardcore lives and expect nothing less. There. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you very much for coming on the anniversary show, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Glad. Much appreciated. All right, guys, we are back. I hope you enjoyed that. Not only breakdown from the past coming up, but we had a blast from the past, right? Am I right? Yes, sir. But now I definitely, to kind of keep that whole thing going, and you know, I kind of teased a lot talking with Jackson, Ty, and Craig about you know 2016. I did want to give a shout out to everyone who's been on the show. So right here, I have a list of everyone 
who has been on the show. And I oh, wanted to shit. read off. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. When I was going through this list, I was like, holy shit. All these amazing bands talk to me here. So we've got Household talk to Josh and their album Time Spent came out in 2015. So you should definitely check that out. A War Within, Spencer came on the show. He actually did that one live in our studio here. Their album Believe came out. And they also went on tour, and they're also working on, I believe, a brand new EP. So I'm sure we'll be talking to Spencer soon. Alteris, Jake, Mike, and Zach all came on the show two times, where one of the times we got to go through grief track by track. They also signed with Revival Recordings last year as well. So that was really, really great. Make sure to check them out on tour now. Then the one band that is no longer together... The things they carried. We had Steve Schwartz on the show. So I don't know if he's doing anything else. I hope he is because I think he's talented and it's too bad that that band couldn't make it. Then we had Landscapes. Sean came on and had a really great conversation with him. Their album, Modern Earth, came out last year. Young Medicine, Brett and Peter came on and they talked about their new music. And they just recently had a new track that we talked about a little while back. And they're working on new stuff as we speak. So hopefully we'll be able to have them on the show again. Pharaoh Lux, Ben and Victor came on. Their new album, No Rest, came out last year. They were a lot of fun to talk to. They're touring around too. Unfortunately, never coming to the East Coast, it seems. So I do look forward to seeing them live when I can. Looking forward to new music from them. Then we have Everyone Dies in Utah, Danny Martinez and Keaton Smith for the first time. Danny Martinez the second time. They had their self-titled album, Everyone Dies in Utah, come out last year. Now, I would like to say, by the way, that I think that's a very underrated album. Same here. Just to mention. Then, Convictions, Josh came on. They had their album, I Will Become. And we're hoping to have them back on the show as well sometime in 2017. That was the first time I heard Ian Hates podcast. So that's the worst episode. Okay. (laughs) Then we had Rarity, Adam Clark came on. Their album, I Couldn't Be Weaker, came out last year. Another great album. See, really, to be quite honest, I shouldn't even be saying this stuff because the whole point of Ian Hates music was to spread great music for everyone. And every single band that I had on the show, I love their music. So it's not even, doesn't make any sense for me to even say, that was a good album. That was Because I love all of these albums and that's serious because I have turn down many people from being on the show because I can't fake it. Like the job here, you know, quote unquote job here is not to just interview people. It's to interview people that we actually like. Right. Are interested in and want to know, you know, what's up with them. Yeah. So that's just a a note. And that's why I, I love all these people is because they came on the show because I already loved what they were doing and it was just awesome having conversations and learning about them and learning about the band and their process and everything in between so that's just a note adam i got to see live finally with rarity last year as well and he's looking forward to coming back on the show so i'm sure we'll work something out there cole roland he had new perspectives and remixes volume three come out last year as well as if you follow him on twitter and facebook he's putting out new guitar videos all the fucking time and they're amazing dude he's amazing i don't know very talented i I don't know how you get that talented at guitar it's ridiculous 
Then you had Frameworks, Luke and Wyatt. Smother is the album that came out this year. It's a really, really great album, like I said before. I also got to see them live in basically a living room. So that was also a lot of fun. Red-Handed Denial, Lauren Babick. Mm-hmm. Yep, she came on. We had a really great conversation. The Wanderer EP came out last year. And hopefully, I will be having her on the show this year to go over the concept. It's something we had talked about last year. Then you've got, and it's it's not fun to play favorites, but I know a lot of people, this is one of their favorite talks that we had. Take the Fall, Ashley and Tyler, the one from the bar. That was a lot of fun. They're now currently working on a brand new EP, and they're really, really proud of it. So as soon as that's all set, we're definitely going to be playing it on the show. We had Forevermore, Jared Storm came on, and mm-hmm. they released Integral, which actually I'm surprised you didn't have anywhere on your list there, Jackson. I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot. And it's not because I haven't been listening to it. I just, when you said it now, I was like, oh, shit. It's a really good album. Yeah. We had Steve Goldberg from Desires. They had the One You Feed EP, and they're also working on brand new material right now. So I'm hoping for a brand new full-length album from them this year because I thought that EP was excellent. Hopefully. Next on the list, Garrett Russell of Silent Planet. Oh, shit. Everything with Sound came out last year. Obviously, you know how much we love that, and you know how long that conversation was. That was the shit. <laughs> that one and the convictions are probably my favorite episodes, to be honest. Well, that's Sorry. one of the ones where I got compared to Shane Told, so I'll always, Ooh, I'll always love okay. that one. Yeah, no Treasure doubt about that one. that one. Damn straight. Next up, we Damn have straight. Fletcher Howell. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're all punch drunk because of how long this episode is right now. My gosh, yeah. <laughs> but I think this is a good way. Like, I want to recognize all the people and kind of get everyone's name out there again. You know what I mean? No, I agree. So next is Fletcher Howell with The New Low, their album Continuance. That was a badass album as well. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, that's an underrated one. I thought about saying that too when you had mentioned that before. Yeah, it's hard to do. That's why (laughs) I didn't really answer those questions because since I loved every band that was on the show, that's what Mm -hmm. I'm considering my favorite albums. Like if they had an album out, in 2016 then those are my top albums because i went out of my way to get them on the show for that reason you know what i mean gotcha then we had lucas worley from artifacts pareo i am proud that i now believe i'm saying the name correctly which is very good they had an underrated album out too passengers yep then chad kowal from farewell my love they had their album above it all and i believe the new record label crcl records and i think that's another underrated album too good shit good shit famous last words ah yes jt came on the show obviously the incubus came out last year that was awesome fit for a king ryan kirby came on the program and talked about death grip morning in may jake bartolik came on the show they are working on new music as we speak landfill Jeremy Gonzalez came on and talked about the Coward EP. Now, Landfill might not be a band for much longer, but that doesn't mean we heard the last of Jeremy Gonzalez. So right. I will just say that hush-hush for now. <laughs> One of my favorite finds of 2016 
is Hajira. That was Elliot and Brian, and their album, The Sentinel, came out last year, and that is just awesome, and I can't believe that they are unsigned. Yeah, same here. Holy shit, that album was good. Just makes no sense to me <laughs> that they're unsigned. Water Parks is signed, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You are, news. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> well, j- just in case, you know, to make, th- make the situation lighter. True, true, true. Bubblegum bands get in. <laughs> I'm still hoping they're touring up here soon. That's <laughs> yeah, my hope. Same here. That's water parks I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we had Steve from Wolves at the Gate. Types and Shadows came out last year. All these, all these fucking conversations were fun. I don't know why I'm saying that. It makes no. I'm not even playing favorites here. It that just, was fun. Yeah, it just doesn't make any that sense what I'm good. saying. Dude, I'm punch that drunk. Nice. I am definitely punch <laughs> drunk right now. My dad's new favorite band, Kimberly Freeman and Jason Sewell from One Eyed Doll, came on the show. They are working on a brand new album right now, and then obviously you can go back to their whole discography because it's amazing and check everything out but i do look forward to when we get to review their new album same here now we're coming up to some recent ones and then some oldies but goodies but the funeral portrait lee jennings with a moment of silence i'm actually a little surprised that didn't make your list i just thought about that when you said it i was like hey (laughs) wait a second that's why i like looked away i don't know if you noticed i was like wait did i put that on there that's why i called you out on it wow thanks ian no problem buddy that was a good album. Um, <laughs> that was a great fucking great conversation. Album. Damn straight. Next up, Josh Wade, Sienna Skies. Oh, yep. that's a good one. A Darker Shade of Truth came out. So that was our last live interview of 2016 as well. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? I heard that. Because technically I put it out in 2017 to start the right. year off right. But technically I recorded it in 2016. Gotcha. little insider info for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but now we do get to three people that I never, ever thought I would actually talk to. Number one, a Mr. Steven Giuliano from I Am Ghost. <laughs> In 2016, he did the final ever I Am Ghost live show. Final that, ever. Final ever. He's also working on his novel Lovers and Kings. So that's pretty fucking damn cool. Next, we have Sean from Alisana. Oh, shit. I, I, I know. It's so crazy to think about that, right? Yeah. Sean from Alisana and the founder, I believe, of Revival Recording, still probably, still CEO, right? Yeah. It's crazy what he's doing. Obviously, he's out on tour with Alisana right now. They also released the Annabelle book this year and then did all the crazy stuff with Revival signing all these amazing bands so he and has had new tracks he's been killing it there's no doubt about oh, yeah. that that was awesome and i do want to mention too just a quick aside just to stroke my ego a little bit that some of these bands did not tour up in the east coast so i did not get a chance to see them but luckily jackson being in dallas was able to go to some shows and he was actually able to talk to some of these people who have been on the show yep and they always have good things to say so always every and, single time and they remember me which is also nice too yeah just the fact that they even remember it's like oh shit you do remember and they always it's so funny because when they answer like you come up to them and it's like hey what's up you know they're just talking normal and then i say hey we had you on ian hates podcast and then their faces are just like 
they just smile and it's like, oh shit. And it turns to like a totally new, you know, conversation. It's like, oh shit, what's up? You know, that makes me so happy. See, every once in a while I need compliments, you know, (laughs) got to remember why I do this. Yeah. It's a little bit of an ego. That's true. But I do love that. So one more. Oh yeah. I know this one. (laughs) A Mr. King maybe is more appropriate. (laughs) King Matt Good of the band. Maybe you've heard of him from first to last. Just in case. Uh, I've heard of him. Yeah, just kind of. Once kinda. or twice. <laughs> heard a song or two. He came on the show after some help from Ty, and we talked everything from first to last that he could or was allowed to talk about. And obviously, he's working on new from first to last music, as well as every other band in the scene, apparently. Yeah. Holy shit. That guy's he's like the godfather of the scene, man. He is everywhere working with everybody everything i mean he has a hand in everything yep the one thing i can say is i still have not received any of my kickstarter stuff okay (laughs) (laughs) i never thought i'd hear that again well the bit was over obviously the bit of as from first to last contact Ian hates music but that doesn't mean i got my stuff you know but i got to have an hour plus long conversation with matt good so boom worth it balances out you know a thank you to every single band that came on the show in 2016 it was amazing being able to talk to everyone and learn all these things that i never thought i would and thank you to everyone who helped get these people on because there's many managements and agents and everything that have helped out and have been really awesome so thank you very much awesome year and i have a feeling that everything's going to be crazy in 2017 as well I sure hope so. All right, Jackson. I believe it's time for our favorite part of the show. Let's get to reviews. Gotta love it. Album reviews. Best part of the episode, at least in my opinion. I'm going to save the best for last, in my opinion. Okay? I want to know if you know what that is, but we're not going to talk about that. I'm going to start off with Gone is Gone, released an album, Echo Location, off Rise Records. And I'm just going to start off by saying, and I do regret to inform everybody (laughs) that I really did not like this album. I'm going to shock you and say... I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I really tried. I did you know, too. I, I heard it. I heard every track, but yep. I couldn't find one thing that I enjoyed. Uh, it's, it's just weird. So I would guess I would call this atmospheric sludgy rock, maybe? Atmospheric oh, I don't even know, rock. man. It was just bad. <laughs> I, well, look, I'm going to give some backstory. They're kind of a super group. I'm going to say kind of because I really don't think they're full-fledged. But it's the singer and bass player from Mastodon, one of the guitarists from Queens of the Stone Age, and then the drummer for At the Drive-In, and then someone who does composers and a founder of a music industry place or something. So maybe I'm not giving them the credit they deserve, but I'm just letting you know that that's what they're made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I tried. It's just nothing I would listen to on a regular basis or maybe ever. 
ever. I, I just, I don't know. I wasn't a fan. Like, I really disliked the vocals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The vocals like, was my main issue. Really, I mean, the really. atmospheric stuff, you can, you know, you kind of get used to it. You, you know, you, you vibe it kind of. But, man, the vocals, it's just so, I mean, I get, you know, not sounding the same as everyone else, but this was just weird and bad. I, I didn't like anything yeah, I, about it. I mean, maybe it's not our scene. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's not something that we should have even reviewed. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. But take the first single, Dublin. That track is so ridiculously hard to get into. Like it, it definitely didn't set me in any motion that this was going to be an album that I was going to enjoy. Yeah, and especially you know being released off Rise Records, I wouldn't have expected this. I think it's. Maybe I didn't know they messed with this. It's like the supergroup type thing, though, too, where you're just letting people go in and do whatever they want, kind of thing. Right. I think it's for the name recognition alone. Well, gone is gone. Needs to be gone. Oh. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, I tried. I really did. I mean, if anything, I guess Pawns was my favorite track on the album. Like, I thought the riffs were fun. You know, like <laughs> grungy riffs. I think you're being generous now. I, I am. And you don't have to. I mean, seriously, though, like. To say this album is melancholy, dull, or muddled is probably an understatement. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying not to be too harsh, but I just, this isn't my style, and I don't understand it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we don't understand it. There. That's as nice as we can put yeah, it. I, I didn't I didn't hear or feel any passion in it. It almost like it wasn't really music. It was just noise. Yeah, a little bit. It was like they just decided they're buddies and they're going in to make an album and it's just like, let me throw this shit together. I mean, it's composed. Okay. It's composed, but I didn't feel anything from it. I don't know. Nope. That's just my opinion. All right. Well, there you go. Fuck that album. Move on. You're going to give this... You're going to give this... This is not a... Glorious. Album? Oh, hell no. All right. So that's Gone is Gone. Echolocation on Ride Records. Look, if anyone wants to check it out, they should. <laughs> Sorry. Check, you know, check it out if you want to. But I have a question for you, Jackson. Are you ready, motherfuckers? Let's go! Oh. <laughs> for the first time, I didn't see it coming. You got me. Good job, Ian. So I'm guessing that we're doing Ice Nine Kills next? you damn right. All right. So Ice Nine Kills, Safe is Just a Shadow, re-recorded, re-shadowed off Outer Loop Records. So first off, this was already a great album, re-recorded <laughs> or not. I already really like this album. So now, I don't necessarily know the backstory of why they did this. I'm guessing it has to do with some recording process that maybe they didn't like the way it came out. You know, maybe something like that. I wanted to actually play a side-by-side, -side, like a little comparison. Mm -hmm. And maybe people can tell. So this is the version of So This Is My Future that came out in 2010 on the original release. So this is six years ago. Drinking for the 
All right, so you got that in your head there? I picked that one because that had a lot of back and forth between the different types of vocals. Good choice, good choice. So here's off of the reshadowed edition that just came out last week. All right, Jackson. So for me, it's still a little tough because I like the album so much anyways. Mm -hmm. But in general, the thing I pick up the most probably is they did change some arrangements. They changed a little bit of the composition. Not necessarily in that track, though. But if you listen to that track, you can definitely hear a difference in the way it was recorded between the clean and unclean vocals. But you can also hear there's a definite improvement in the vocals in both clean and unclean as in they've gotten better at the vocals you know what i mean more full yes yes there's more strength to it if that makes sense yeah that that scream has become more evolved than it was in the past and yeah so i think that's probably what they wanted to do was kind of showcase a little bit more of that stuff but a lot of times i can't tell the difference i can hardly ever tell the difference that's See, that's my issue with this. Like you said, it was already a great album. Mm-hmm. I know they had a lot of band member changes. Yeah, they had some. But, extra. but the main members didn't change. Right. So, I mean, it really doesn't sound that much different. I mean, the vocals do sound a tad bit stronger. Yeah. It didn't need to happen. And, like, I want to be nice to this because I love Ice Nine Kills. I love Safe is Just a Shadow. Right. But... I feel like the re-recorded thing, it didn't need to happen. I can barely ever tell the difference. And to be honest with you, when I hear, when I want to hear old music by a band that I enjoy, I want it to sound old. Gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. To give you that nostalgic feeling. Like I, like the, whenever you hear it, you get that feeling of that it's old. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And that's what I like about those albums whenever I go back into somebody's discography. When I listen to this, it kind of takes it away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that a bit. I I don't know. I was trying to think there must be a backstory to it. And maybe it'll come out at some point. Like, this is the kind of stuff I wanted to talk to Spencer on the show about. Like, if I can get him on, I would definitely be talking about this. There's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm trying to think of the reason why this definitely gets their name out there again. You know? Yeah. So people that maybe they only heard every trick in the book and they never went back into the past stuff. So now they hear this and they're like, oh, wait a second. There's other stuff that they have that I really enjoy. Like that's a Mm -hmm. possibility for sure. But I understand what you're saying. There weren't any extra tracks added. There wasn't anything. there should have been if they were going to do that. I would have thought there would have been. At least one. Yeah. But I mean... I don't know, like right now, if you told me, hey, which album would you listen to? I have no problem saying I would listen to the new one. I don't have a problem with it, but I probably, if I went back to it, I would listen to the old version, I think. I like the arrangements that they did with Greatest Story Ever Told, 
because they've changed mm-hmm. that now a couple times. So now this is the third time, and I like what they did with it. I think it played well live as well. But it's just different people doing different types of screaming or singing in different parts of that track. I mean, that's what they're doing. So yeah, I don't know. Look, I love the band, so it's hard for me to be too like, I think it still turned out really well. My question is, I just don't know. The question why? is why. Yeah, that's that's the question. But it's not that old, you know. Usually yeah, really, recordings six or anything years like old. that. Yeah. The one thing I will say, at least for me, it benefited me that they put this out because then they did that tour, which was only five dates, and they wouldn't have done that for this. But I'm surprised that they haven't gone out and done every trick in the book front to back. Oh. They need to. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a promotion thing that they can't do or something. I don't know, but I would have expected them to do that this year. I've always liked Ice Nine Kills, but you know, like I just said, I've always liked them. When every trick in the book came out, that's when I became a a big Ice Nine Kills fan. So for them to play that album from to back would be incredible. And don't please, please don't make it a five day tour. No, no. I would hope I they hope would they do. would take that everywhere. Right. Yeah, I hope so too. But yeah, I guess that's the right way to do it. I mean, people give it a listen, especially if you haven't heard for one, if you haven't heard any Ice Nine Kills, but then also if you've only heard every trick in the book, I would say give this a listen. Because this like I said on a show previously, this album is more similar to Every Trick in the Book than The Predator Becomes the Prey. For sure. So if you're going to skip albums, if you want to stay on track, then yeah, you wouldn't listen to The Predator Becomes the Prey because that is a different sound. Great album. Just oh, yeah. totally it's a different, different. That's just way more on the heavier side than what they're doing right now. Yep. And uh, oh, I did forget to mention in the Ice Nine Kills tour that they had a lot of family members there and everything. And Jonathan was there. The guy that they did the song Jonathan for. And I was actually really? kind of, yeah, and I was kind of surprised that they didn't play Jonathan. But he's probably used to it. I mean, he's seen them tons of times yeah. and stuff. But that was just a little extra thing to note that I'd forgotten about. That's cool. Yeah, man. So once again, that's Ice Nine Kills, Safe is Just a Shadow, re recorded, reshadowed on Outer Loop Records. Boom. So, Jackson, I think this is big time for you. You ready for this one? Yes, sir. Chasing Safety came out with, to me, might be runner-up already for my favorite album of 2017. Oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. This album hit me hard. Chasing Safety released Nomad. <laughs> <laughs> they released the album Nomad on Outer Loop Records, and man, this shit is good. I was not a Chasing Safety album. Or <laughs> you, you, It's true. You were not. You no, were absolutely I was not. not. Yep. Yeah, I will I will not take that back. I truly wasn't. But I'm gonna move on to another topic. I was not either. I was not a chasing safety fan either. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't an album or a fan. Right. That is and correct. this album turned me into not only an album, but a fan. Nice. Holy shit. You are looking like an album right now. So I thank agree. you, thank you. <laughs> Every single song on this album is incredible. Um Devil's Son. Long for more, brand new prison, erase me. I mean, those are probably my top tracks. But holy shit, they are just all so good. You can definitely tell that they stayed away from the electronic core sound they had in Season of the Dead. 
they I mean they almost took it away completely almost almost because it was I mean season of the dead was heavily you know with with a lot of the breakdown and stuff included yeah. a lot of you know electronic sounds it was good this enough. one definitely stayed more to the you know like a raw hardcore sound mm-hmm. but the vocals are there the breakdowns are so rough I mean just an all out great album the clean vocals are killer one thing that really stood out to me on this album that I wouldn't have expected was the drum work on almost mm-hmm. every song. Very good. I mean, it's this is a near perfect album to me. I haven't stopped listening it since it came out, and I hope I don't stop. <laughs> don't stop, won't stop. Don't what stop, track? Won't stop. What track would you recommend that we play a little bit of? I guess "Erase Me." No, "Long for More." Sorry, "Long for More." I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Jam. No, I agree, man. I like the album a lot. But I was already a Chasing Safety album, so... <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> There's only room for one album here, and that's me, Ian. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't want to step on your toes there. Thank you. But yeah, I was a fan before. I'm a fan now. I've seen them live many times. I think they went in a great direction with this album and really continued on their post-hardcore metalcore roots in this one and really just made a hard-hitting album. I mean, that's that's probably the easiest way for me. I really enjoy The Fall and Captive. And then Brand New Prison was a great single as well to start everything off with. So, yeah, they did a great job. I love the harsh, unclean vocals and the really soft, clean vocals. I think of the dichotomy. I think I said dichotomy a few times tonight, but it just works you have yeah. that might be word of the show today it works though it really does so yep. i love that balance of what they've got going on before this album too i believe they changed their guitarist too oh shit i did not know that yeah but then I again mean, i knew nothing about chasing safety before this album to be honest with you true true and it's like i mentioned before they used to be us from outside they've gone through a lot of changes to get to where they are now but this is a great statement album as a sophomore album keeping in vain of season of the dead but still kind of moving a little bit away from the processing mm-hmm. and just yeah making a really like i said heavy hitting album i agree the shit so yeah make sure you go see them live if you get the chance and then make sure to pick up this album nomad on outer loop records so jackson i think it's time for a special breakdown from the past Kiss your ass just to get a good review in your magazine. But you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous poser, wannabe writer, candy ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass, Jeremy! Shove it up your ass! Don't review that, Einstein! Alright, guys. We have a very, very special edition of breakdown from the past today we have fan of the show and new friend of the show rob is joining us rob how are you doing tonight doing very well how about you ian not too bad we had a great conversation off air 
as we tend to do, and we don't actually record that, so it works out very well. Are you excited for Breakdown from the Past today? Yes, I am. I'm pumped, and I'm very happy to be part of the anniversary show. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, man. Jackson, what do you got? I have a feeling it's going to be great because I already know, so why don't you go ahead? You're damn right I do, Mr. E, and I always got something good. This week, I got the band Upon Beauty Rest. Oh. Now, this is a band. They released their only one and only EP, mm-hmm. <clears throat> For the Days We Fear, The Air We Breathe. Very emo and nice for you. You know how it was back in the Dizzy. And the song I want to play for everybody is Another Failed Attempt to Cure the Addiction. Ian, take it away and lift me up my feet. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't think you've ever set up anything like that. Did you plan this because Rob's here? Nope. <laughs> Was he looking at his piece of paper? I think so. I think he made no, a script. No, I'm looking at the song list. <laughs> Look at that. I told you. All hey, right, I'm just fine. getting better, Ian. You are. You're killing it. All Tell right, here we so go. Much. Did you hear that? I said You said it. you're killing it. That was something good. Oh, my God. Dad. It only took you like 35 shows. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. What's the name of the song again? Another failed attempt to cure the addiction. Jackson, I think that might be one of my favorite breakdown from the past from you. <gasps> really? See, I'm complimenting you in front of people. I thought the I Set My Friends on Fire one was going to be your favorite. Shut your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my pride and joy. That's my always will be my favorite breakdown from the past because <sighs> of you. Well, first <laughs> of all, Jackson, tell me what year did that come out? Because that sounds perfect. 2008. Oh, yeah. Those are the golden years. Rob? What do you think of that? Now, are you more of a screamer? Like, what's your favorite style of music normally? I actually, I don't have a specific type even of music that I listen to. I listen to a little bit of everything um, as far as this goes. I'm more of a post-hardcore kind of guy. Sure. Um, experimental. I mean, Trophy Scars is a huge band that I love, but mm-hmm. that was right up my alley. Like, especially that time frame and stuff. I wish I would have known that band. Me Unfortunately, too, I, Yeah. Now I know them, but I did not listen to them back in the day. Or Dizzy, as I should say. Oh, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's and at that time, I was only like 16 years old or like 15. So think about it. that's That's why I say Dizzy, because that's when I was like a, a child. Because <laughs> you're not right now? Nope. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a fully grown man. Really? Were you about to say boy. you're a grown-up? Eh, I was thinking about it. I was contemplating. Well... I would like to say, once again, that was good. So is there any backstory with them? I know it's probably not that much news that you can find on them since they were only around for an EP, right? Yeah, I never really heard much about them. I never saw them live. I never even saw them on a tour line. I mean, it was one of those bands I just found on the internet back in the day when I was on MySpace and stuff. 
and you know some people would talk about them so i got that ep and i was like oh shit this is really good next thing you know they're done that was all they released that's a shame but that's why we do it right that's why we do it still listening so name of the band again upon beauty rests and name of the album holy shit i forgot it already that sounds like (laughs) a great name for the days we fear the air we breathe there we go well done jackson well done all right thank you thank you rob take it away what do you got all right, the band that I have selected uh, was a post-hardcore screamo band that got its roots back all the way in 1997, and they disbanded in 2007 after uh, two EPs and five full lengths, and their last two albums really brought them into the spotlight in the scene, uh, Blood Brothers. Very and nice. And those last two albums were Crimes, which came out in 2004, that was the album that really got me into them, and Young Machetes in 2006. And uh, if you guys are going to check something out by Blood Brothers, check out a good intro track would be Love Rhymes with Hideous Car Wreck off of Crimes. I believe we have a little bit of it to play. Yeah, let's try it right now. It has been a long time since I heard them. Right? right? I completely I, forgot. Oh my gosh. I remember getting into them in high school, and uh, it really just introduced me into a completely new genre of music, I suppose. It, they're difficult to listen to at first, but they are catchy and memorable, and I really wish they were still together. What type of music would you call that again? I would say that they're, I mean, I. Listen, I hear tinges of screamo. Mm-hmm. I hear tinges of, say, post-hardcore, sure. experimental, mm-hmm. just a little bit of everything. I mean, not. I would not say that they are confined to one genre whatsoever. I agree. Nope. I agree for sure. It's funny because when you go to related artists like on Spotify for them, it's like Fear Before the March of Flames and a bunch of bands. But they go kind of back and forth because they do have heavier stuff as well, right? Yes, they do. Uh, I believe that track was cut off right before the breakdown. There is. I always a, do that. <laughs> yeah, there's a breakdown. Yes, with he a, does. Yeah, well, it happens, but uh, it does get much harder than that. Uh, that is actually one of their more, I don't know, listener-friendly mm. songs, I'd say, and that's why that song kind of broke them into the mainstream. They were actually signed to a major label right. for, I believe, it was one or two albums. 
Mm-hmm. And so uh, tracks like that obviously are what's got people into them. Very nice. That is Blood Brothers. And then what album would you recommend the most to people? Do you know what? I What got me into them was Crimes, but mm-hmm. I think their underrated album that I would really, really suggest is Young Machetes mm-hmm. from front to back is very, very good. Uh, it was released in 2006 and uh, what was it? 2009 Epitaph actually re-released all of their material. So, Oh, oh wow. Good label. Yes. Yeah, very good. Music. Yeah, well then I think I'm going to have to listen to them again because it's been a lot. Like I said, it's been years since I've listened to Blood Brothers. It's been a while. See, but I didn't say it's been a while, so you can't do the song nope, thing. No, you didn't. That's why I said it. If you said it, then you would have done your own thing. You Jackson, know that. Do, do you not get it? Someone says it's been a while in regular conversation, and then you do the song. You see? I feel, I feel like this is a good time to throw out there that I've seen Stained three times in concert, just an FYI. Perfect timing. Hold I've on. not paid to see them a single time, by the way. <laughs> Probably my most proud, the thing I'm most proud of, honestly, in my life at this point, is that I've seen Stained in concert three times. Is it scary that I can tell you you can times that number by four? And that's the amount of times that I've seen them. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel so good about myself right now. I used to Ooh. hang out with those guys. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Dude, I had a whole life back then. What happened? That's what I'm always asking myself, Jackson. What happened? <laughs> I like 2017 and still lost. <laughs> that went from a story of me being embarrassed about myself and seeing Stain to an awesome story about Ian oh. actually them. I'll own it. I'll tell you guys another quick story about Stained if you would like to hear it. Oh, yes. I skipped middle school one time to go see Stained. They were doing a signing somewhere and they were giving away free tickets and backstage passes to their show. So my friend dressed up in a sandwich board with nothing but his underwear and wore the sandwich board to get the tickets and there were three of us but we only got two tickets so we had to call this other guy's mom to come pick him up so that the two of us could go to the show. <laughs> oh, you animal. <laughs> Middle school Ian. Cut in class, going to see Stained. I was a rebel. Damn straight. <clears throat> well, Jackson, you tell me when you're going to cut school sometime, and then we'll celebrate, all right? You can't call yourself a rebel, Ian. You have to earn that title. Someone has to give it to you. You can't just say, yeah, back in middle school, I was a rebel because I cut class. Thank you for teaching me lessons, Jackson. Middle school. (laughs) You've been saving up your venom for when someone else is on the show too. (laughs) It's 2017, Ian. It's a new leaf. Is it really? No. Oh, okay. No, it's not. New year, Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, actually, that should be your catchphrase, Jackson. New year, new Jackson. New year, new Jackson. Hmm. Or your sign off. Roll off the tongue. I don't know. (laughs) How dare you? How dare I? As a matter of fact, I will end the show with it. I remember last time I said that we completely forgot what I was going to say at the end of the show, but this time we're going to remember. I got to be honest, I think most of the audience and myself forget what you said on the show normally. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jackson. I apologize. Don't apologize, Ian. It's just your nature. It's just you. That is true. I wouldn't have it any other way. Wait, so does anyone else, before we move on, does anyone else have a stained story they'd like to tell? No, Ian. No. <laughs> You're cooler than us. We get it. All right. Yeah, Ian. Okay, take it away. <laughs> so my breakdown from the past is stained. <laughs> my ass. I don't know if you want to follow up stained with 
my ass, Jackson. <laughs> Maybe you should just move on, Ian. Okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> no, my apologies. My breakdown from the past is a manual. Or manuel. Manual, manuel, one of the two. But they had two full length albums, one in two thousand five, soundtrack to a head rush, and one in two thousand seven, Black Earth Tiger. And I think for me anyways, the first album was the best. But the second wasn't very far off. Like, they kind of followed in the same vein that they wanted to go in. But I just realized Soundtrack is just a better album. For me, anyways. But were you guys aware of them? I was a big, Man- I say Emmanuel fan. Okay. I definitely agree. Soundtrack to a Head Rush was fantastic. I remember the first single that I listened to by them. And just, you know, I've got to get more of them. What other songs have they come out with? And uh, as far as... Is it Black Earth Tiger? Black Tiger Earth? Black Earth Tiger. Yeah, Black Earth Tiger. I mean, there were a couple of good singles off of it, but I mean, I wasn't, it just didn't create the feelings that I had listening to soundtrack to a head rush, I suppose. I agree. And Jackson, you've never heard of them? No, sir. So yeah, this is kind of that screamo alternative post-hardcore, you know, around that time. Just like we said, that sweet spot between 2000 and 2010 is where a lot of that, and even maybe 2008 is more when it kind of stopped. But I just love that period of time. So this is just another band. (laughs) It's just the way it is. So here we go. Let's go with Make Tonight. Oh, yeah. Very good. I like it. I, I miss that shit. Me too. Me too. Jackson, I got to say, just to let you know, that song was about intercourse. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> just yep. a warning. Well, thank you, Ian. My poor little virgin ears wouldn't have been able to take it on my own. Well, uh, it, it, I suppose, would you have uh, let him know that if we would have listened to The Willing? Would you? Have, <laughs> do you think you would have figured it out that it was about sex if we would have listened to The Willing? I would hope so, but... You know, I would hope so. Uh, (laughs) Would I catch on? Do you guys believe in me? Jackson, the lyrics are, uh, you you can't rape the willing. Yes, sir. (laughs) Actually, you know what? That's Jackson's new catchphrase for 2017. (laughs) You can't Bill Cosby the willing. I hate insiders. I know what's going on. I feel so left out. (laughs) Don't call us insiders with Bill Cosby, all right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Make Tonight was a fantastic song. I just, forever my favorite track off that album will be the willing though that is a great track but yeah it's a manual i would say yeah soundtrack to a head rush not soundtrack of a head rush soundtrack How dare you to a head rush well i like to get it right you know I like to get you're it right. a mess uh, that's true <laughs> that is true well look before we sign off and you know get everything done i do want to ask you uh rob while you're here you know we're going to be talking a little bit since the anniversary show we're going to be talking about 2016 and the year in music that it was and everything. 
Do you have any major disappointments? Um, do I outright have to say Cold War, or is that already just kind of a given? <laughs> it should be a given. It should. Okay. Oh no! Just gonna throw that one out there. Anything else you can think of? Because since that one is kind of a gimme. Oh, uh, let's see here. And look, if you lo- if you loved everything, that's fine too. Like that's great. Water parks just got so much hype. Oh yeah. And I, just, I cannot <laughs> even go all the way through that album. Like they just got so much, especially specifically from AP. Mm-hmm. I know AP is AP, but that album just got so much hype that you know I I actually anticipated you know four or five songs I could listen to consistently, and I didn't even get that. So yeah, water parks and of mice and men. Yeah, we did. Ian I mean, said a really good word last time when we reviewed water parks, <laughs> and I'll never forget it because it was perfect. He said, "That is not music. That's bubblegum rock." Oh, yeah. and I, I swear he hit it on the head when he said that. That's exactly. That- I literally envision bubblegum when I fucking think of water park. Just weak ass, horrible. Uh, oh man, I, I can't stand that album. It, it's made for like middle schoolers nowadays. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. feel like yeah. that's what it was made for, and yeah, that. That is dead on. The sad thing is, it kind of makes me not want to go to the Too Close to Touch tour. Uh, come on. It's too close to touch. I know. I Look, you know how much we've talked about them all the time. It's just what a weird tour that is, like for them to oh. co-headline. Yeah. The, the fact that they're co-headlining is especially what makes it awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a tough one because you never know then, right? Actually, I'd actually prefer Too Close to Touch to play the second to last because then you don't have that. to stay. <laughs> You can leave early. <laughs> oh, we're so mean to water parks. Well, I mean, come on, man. When you get a push like that, this is what comes with it. Gotcha. Yep. What is your favorite Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition? Matt Good. Yeah. By far. Hmm. It's what got me into the podcast. Nice. I'm big from first to last fan. Uh, I was a huge drugs fan. I actually mm-hmm. got to go see their very first live show at the Crowfoot in Pontiac. Awesome. And Ooh. it was... It was fantastic. It was like 150, 200 people packed in there. Mm-hmm. Shit, what was I, 19 and too nervous to go up to <laughs> Matt Good and talk to him as he was outside smoking a cigarette. But just, you know, drugs was fantastic. So I agree. Actually, that should be a picture I should post online is my picture with drugs because yeah. that is a great – I actually really like that picture because Matt Good's there and Craig Owens is there. It just works out. It's a really nice Epic. picture. Yeah. Nick Martin, Adam Russell. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, actually, I literally walked on stage. Like the stage was not even halfway up my shins. Like that's how <laughs> big of a stage they played on their first show. I literally walked on stage as soon as they finished because I was up front. Walked up to Aaron Stern and said, "Hey, can I have a drumstick?" Handed me one right there, and I still have it. And it's nice. all dented. From, you know the intro for uh, "If You Think the Song Is About You." Mm-hmm. Or, no, not that. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the intro you're thinking, right? Yes, it is all dented up, and I still have that drumstick, and I will never give it up. Well, that is so sick. Now I gotta find that. I knew you were gonna play it. I have to now. When he said it, I was even gonna be like, Ian, can you play it, please? And now I just didn't want to say anything. <laughs> yep, it is. We're going to keep listening to it if we do this. <laughs> and I think one of my bands for Breakdown from the Past before was Drugs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
Rob, tell us about the Crowfoot because I hear about that place a lot. Do you get to go there? I've been there two or three times. I'm in Grand Rapids, so yeah. it's, uh, I'd say, two and a half hour drive out to the Detroit area. Mm. But it's a cool venue. I mean, uh, I want to say I've been there two or three times. Uh, I want to say I saw Newfound Glory out oh. there in like 2008 or something like that. Nice. But that's probably wrong. But it, it's a small, <laughs> intimate venue. And it is awesome. If you get to see a band play at the Crowfoot, go and see them. Very nice. All right, Jackson. Yeah. Do you have any? Do you have any questions for Rob before we? Head I on? do. There you go. Because I don't. Because you know how like you can tell what music really someone likes by what are their favorite albums of the year. I would love to know what was his at least Hack two question of his favorite. I have to hear it, man. I love that question. <laughs> what are some? Not it doesn't have to be ranked or nothing like that. But like, what are albums that you love right now? Uh, if I'm the devil. By Let Live mm. is a big one. Okay. Famous Last Words. Yeah. I absolutely loved uh, The Incubus. Mm-hmm. Um, Dance Gavin Dance. Mm. Uh, this album got me more into them than I ever have been in the past. And, oh, let's see. You guys are going to hate me. Probably. You I don't know, know when you I'd, hear it. I'd say that's a good list for me. You no, put you Let Live on it. your most disappointed, didn't you? No, I'm, I'm not saying anything. You'll just know when you hear it. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. Really? Uh, the anticipation well, is going to kill you guys. You, you know what's really funny is since we recorded this part first, we've actually talked about that in the past. So everyone else is like, what the fuck are they talking about? They already went through this. <laughs> well, it's a spoil. Um, I'm anticipating for you two then. You'll know live and you'll know when the episode comes out. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rob, any questions you want to ask us before we carry on? Um, not any questions, but just kind of a statement. I mean, thank you guys for having me. I absolutely love the podcast in general. It really makes my work days much more bearable. It is hilarious. Um, (laughs) especially that, uh, co-host who has not made an appearance and breakdown from the past. Jackson. Fucking shit. (laughs) And there he is. Uh, I just, I mean, you guys are a blast. Keep up the hard work. Uh, hopefully great things for you guys in 2017. Thank you, man. That's much appreciated. And actually, this was a lot of fun, too. We might have to do this a little more often, have you come on for some guest segments or something. Let See. me know. Absolutely. We'll Sounds great. All right, guys. I think it's time to close out the show. That brings... The very first Ian Hates Music anniversary show to a close. Can you believe that? Holy shit. It's craziness. A whole year. A whole What episode would this be, by the way? I think it's 71. 71. Yeah. But Wow, 70 episodes, man. But you know that's more than, you know, fifty-two weeks in a year. Yeah. (laughs) That means you've been working. And some of those episodes are split into parts. Oh, yeah. Because we used to do shows where we'd combine the conversation with the show as well. And because those ended up being like four-hour shows, we split them into part one and part two. We did that multiple times. So it's actually over 70 episodes as well. Crazy. But yeah, like I said, I do want to thank every single band that came on the show and every single person that are connected to the bands that did the facilitating of getting them on the show. I would also obviously like to thank Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. As well as Rob, fan of the show and now friend of the show. Stop it, Wob. Exactly. (laughs) 
And then I would also like to thank Ty and Craig, two former co-hosts of Ian Hates Music, for coming back on the show. And also a thank you to Ty for helping us be our producer slash add stories to everything as well so that we're prepared for everything. So that's always very nice of him to do that. Oh, yeah. And lastly, well, not lastly, really, I would like to thank everyone who listens to the show. And we do this every week, and we thank you and everything, but it really does mean a lot. We're very glad that so many people enjoy the show. If you could, I'll ask you, it's the anniversary show. So here, you can get us an anniversary gift. Ian Hates Music is registered at iTunes. <laughs> you can go to iTunes. If you like our show, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. We are still continuing the contest. You know, whatever comment and stuff that we choose, we have merchandise coming. It's obviously just taking a while, but we do have that. So we'll figure all that out. But it really, really does help the show. Jackson, we've got a ton of stuff coming up this year. I don't want to ruin the surprises, though. So let's just leave it at that. Hopefully you enjoyed not only this anniversary show, but all the previous Ian Hayes musics. It's been awesome doing this. I really do love it. This is what I look forward to every week. Thank you, everyone, again. Jackson, do you have any final words for everyone? <sighs> well, thank you again to everyone we've had on the show. I mean, it has been amazing. Even since before I got on the show, just listening to the interviews, being a part of the Ian Hates show, whether on or off, you know, I was always a big fan of it, you know, always supporting them, you know, on Twitter and everything. And now that I get to be a part of it, I'm really grateful for that. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I take everything I said back. <laughs> Fuck Ian and his whole show. Uh, but no, Aww. thank you everyone who continues to listen and put up with our crap. Um, you know, just continue to give us support and just thank you for welcoming me also to the show. I know I didn't start off with the show, but hey, here I am. And uh, thank you everybody so much. I'm really happy to be here. Did you have a catchphrase that you want to go out with? New year, new jacks. There you go. <laughs> I can't believe I remember. I can't believe it either. And that outro was courtesy of Stop It Wob. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to Yeah.